Hello and welcome to Pit Hips Podcast, episode one something or other. Um, I think it's 24? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, 24 sounds right. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, 24. 24. That is Michael. 124. Hi, guys. I am Angelo. We're back this week. We're back this week. Uh, I'm terribly sorry about last week. Something came up that, you know, kind of made me indisposed for a few days, and it just happened to be on recording days. So, yeah, I was unable to put out a show last week. Um, is what it is. We're going to continue on. We'll make sure that we tell you guys, you know, our Charlotte stories. Mike mm-hmm. should have more than me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not much more, but a little bit more. I, I would hope. Um, and we'll get into a bunch of other things later. However, we are going to start with the two GPs this week. One of them was modern. One of them was standard. GP Providence. Standard. 1,053 players arrived to play in the main event with 134 making the day two cut. Uh, we had a day two meta breakdown with the top seven decks broke down as such. Abzan Megamorph with 19 decks, that's 14.2% of the field. Uh, yeah, uh, Raptors and Den Protectors are good. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, Rhinos. Right. Abzan Aggro with 15, so that's 11.2% of the decks, so that, that's Raptors and, uh, and Rhinos. And, and Rhinos, there's no Den Protectors. But yeah, that's the difference. <laughs> Not much of one. They're really, well, I mean, like they got <laughs> they got the cats and they got yeah, I mean, yeah, they have the cats. and you the know, somewhat a little bit different, but nonetheless, I mean, the the push cards in the deck are all the same. Uh, yep. Red green devotion, fifteen of those as well. That is another eleven point two percent. We had two uh, decks at eight point two percent with eleven decks each showing up, and that's Esper and Mardu Dragons. So that's cool. Uh, we have Abzan Midrange with nine. So that's 6.7%. Some more rhinos. Some more rhinos. Some more, uh, Deathmiss Raptors. Maybe some Den Protectors. I doubt it though. Probably in the sideboard. Yep. And then a new deck popped up with six of them appearing. <gasps> Oshitai Jeskai. Or Dragon Lord Jeskai. Depending on how you want to call it. Uh, and that's six deck, six of those. And that's four points, five, 4.5% of the field with a day two breakdown where the top seven decks comprise 64.1% of the entire field for day two. So if you're looking to day two a GP, hey, this is a good starting point. Red or green, white, and black seems very solid because if you add up those numbers alone versus everything else, yeah, that's, you that's have a exactly lot higher. 32% of the entire field. <laughs> Actually, 32% of the top uh, seven uh decks in the meta game because there was an Abzan control deck that also made it, so that would push it up like 33.5% or something like that. So like 32% out of 62% of the decks had Sea Trina with them. 32% out of, no, no, 30% the top 62. of the total. Oh. Of the total day two oh. was Abzan. Well, if you want to make day two, you got a, at least a 33% chance just choosing that deck. You know what? Um, Cedrado is good. And, yeah. And, you know, I see good. a bunch of people trying to figure out what they're going to do, you know, post rotation and everything. And I hate to say it, but just playing Cedrado might be a plan. Cedrado, Den Protector, Deathness Raptor seems like a good place to start. Yeah. Like I just want to play whatever deck has Cedrado in it because yeah. it's just, and, and you know, I'm saying this facetiously because everybody knows I'm going to be on Martin. You're going to play Martin. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, realistically, like, if I seriously, seriously, seriously was trying to day two GP, I, I would look to Abzan first. Yeah, I just, I like Martin. Abzan and then any deck with Ojitai, with Dragon Lord Ojitai in it. Mm. 
Those are the first two places I check. I'd probably Rano or Ojitai. See, I, I like Crackling Doom more than Ojitai. I know, I know you do, but Ojitai do. dies to Crackling Doom every time. It, it does every it does. time. <laughs> like, there's no arguing. Well, that every time Crackling Doom's not countered, at least. If you're playing it into a counter, you're a bad player, and you haven't put in your time into fucking Mardu. No, that's true. They don't, and Angela, you need to give them a preaching segment one of these days on how to play Mardu properly. Well, realistically, and this is going to sound, you know, pretentious, I don't know. Fuck it, I don't care. Um, but, like, Abzan's a lot easier of a deck to just sit down and play. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it guys and some removal spells. Yeah, it, it's really like, quite simple. Um, where Mardu... It's, kinda like, it's just a value creature deck. There's no right. real strategy to it. Play a Siege Rhino, play an Elspeth, draw some cards with Ob's Uncharm, kill that creature, you're good. Yeah, play a Death Miss Raptor, flip something, get my, my other Death Miss Raptor. I mean, it's just... I don't want to dumb it down because it's not a, you know, perfect... It's not that easy of a deck to play. Like, it's simple game plan. Yeah, I mean, all of the cards on their own are powerful enough that you can forge a game plan. Even a novice player can be like, hey, I can do pretty good with this. You know, of course, it takes a good player to day two, and it takes, you know, a, yeah, a great player to talk Different nuances with the deck and different draws, different matchups, whatever. Right, where Marty Dragons is one of those decks that I've come to notice uh, requires... It's not a slap together and play deck by any shape. It's not. You have so many removal spells. You have to know when to play which one. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest part of it. What, what removal spells to trigger when, how to change your deck, because it's a deck that, realistically, it ha- this deck has to be in flux more than any other deck I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This past weekend, I saw a great example of, you know, for a while now, I've been uh, kind of upping my spell count. Mm-hmm. And instead of Rabble Masters, I'm looking at Monastery Mentors. Okay. And because I don't know how many times, and you see it on camera all the time when you watch, where somebody goes, especially because it's terrible against Abzan. Abzan is so much yep. of the field, and you go, oh, I'm going to play this Rabble Master, and they go, all right, Courser. And you're like, oh, uh, damn, I'm never going to hit him with this Rabble Master. You know, and it's just a bad card in that matchup, and since Abzan is so much of the field, I feel more comfortable, you know, playing a Monastery Mentor where I still get prowess triggers and can kill, possibly, the uh, Horser while my Mentor survives, and I can get uh, extra tokens off of the prowess triggers. So it's one of those, and they don't have to swing every time, so I do have chump blockers. And to me, that's important. I don't know. I, I don't like the crazy aggro version of it, but... It works for some people. I mean, it does because sometimes the rabble master itself, like sometimes the opponent has a stunt to draw where they need that courser to hit their lands, but they're forced to block the rabble master with it and trade. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. Against like you know Ojitai, uh control oh, yeah. or any of the other controls, like yeah, you pull those out of the sideboard, you put them in the main board, you crush them. Yeah, rabble masters are better than mentor against the control decks. Right on turn three, there's nothing better against the control deck, but the control decks are leaving the format. You know, as as his results. Uh, they're not your typical control decks anymore. No. Like, Esper Dragons is really the control deck. and A mid-range with some counter spells. Yeah, but that is the control deck. And, yeah. you know, realistically, like, that's the only deck I'm right now bringing in Rabble Master against. Like, I don't want to bring anything against Red Green Devotion. Nope. And it's just going to... you got to have a uh, mentor to go wide and get big. Because mm-hmm, it's just going to run into Sylvan Caryatids and not never do damage. I mean, at least with Caryatids, you can still get wide, but as soon as he drops a Courser, you go, ah, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, but yeah, actually getting into how the top eight broke down, we had Steve Rubin versus Pedro Carvalho. Pedro Carvalho winning 2-0. We had Oliver Keel. 
Yeah. We both said the same thing, so it must be right. And <laughs> he lost to Sky Mason 2-0. We had Eric Severson 2-1 over Josh McLean. And we had Raif Istifan. Istifan. And he loses to Neil Sachs 2-2. So he got sacked. Sure. Uh, yeah. Pedro Carvalho loses to Sky Mason 2-1. Eric Severson beats or loses, loses to Neil Sachs 2-1. And Sky Mason wins this thing over Neil Sachs 2-2-1, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, so Sky Mason was on a red-green devotion. So that is our winning deck, and it breaks down with the yeah, two Xenagos, the Reveler in the main board. Anissa World Waker also in the name main board. That's different, right? A little bit, yeah. Okay. I, I didn't think I would... I thought that was a cyborg. Most, most of the time, you'll just see Xenagos in the main. Yeah. Uh, usually, Nissa was a cyborg card. That's a good call. Nissa and the Ugin is also in here. Typically yes. stay in the cyborg. And the Ugin. Because the Nissa comes in in the uh, mirror match, usually. So that's... Mirrors and control. Yeah, so he's just banking on playing a lot of red-green devotion. Probably a good call. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, one of the bigger decks right now. Right. So we have four Elvish Mystics. We have three Sylvan Caryatids. Four Rattlers. Claw Mystics, four Coursers, three Public Grenos, four Whisperwood Elemental, three Dragon Lord of Tarkus, three Hornet Queens, four Genesis Hydras. Really nothing he wants different. to go big. Yeah. Really nothing You don't always see the four Tarkas, or the three Tarkas and three Hornet Queens, though. That he is just wanting yeah. to go big and either go big, go home. Right. Uh, his sideboard's interesting with another Xenagos, two Nisses, and two Ugins. Yeah, seeing three Ugins in this list in the seventy-five is a bit odd. Yeah, it's a little different. Uh, two Plummet, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Two Hornets mm-hmm. Nest, two Seismic Ruptures, two Dinalia's Disciple, and two Arbor Colossus. What was well, you say? Hornet Nest comes in with the Seismic Rupture. I know that much. Right. So let's see here. The next deck we need you to go over, Mike, is going Mr. to be Sachs. Mr. Sachs. Oh, and Obs on Agro. <laughs> you always get that curve. You always get Obs on. Dude, I, know. I don't plan this. I swear to God. <laughs> I always get the Agro deck, the Obs on Agro decks, or the Dragon deck. It's never anything else. Either way. So we have 20 creatures, uh, 4 Anaphens of the Foremost, 4 Siege Rhino, 4 Rakshasa Death Dealer, 4 Fleece Man Lion, 2 Warden of the First Tree, and 2 Taskers. Sorcerers, we have 4 Thoughties. Instance, 3 Obs on Charm, 3 Dromokas Command, and 4 Heroes Downfalls, with 26 lands. Sideboard, we have one Glare of Heresy, four Self-Inflicted Wound, two Ultimate Price, a Plummet, two Duress, three Drown and Sorrow, and two Arashian Clares. You know, it's interesting to not see Rass and Elspeth in his sideboard. I see, I'm staring at the two Wardens, and I can't help but feel that's wrong. I mean, when you're aggro, you have to have some, like, if it's essentially Fleece Man Lion numbers five and six. You'd much rather have a Lion, but... It He's is, kind of but I mean, threat. it's it's only a two of, so I mean, like, that's not yeah. overly serious, but at the same time, like, I just, I don't know, like, I, I don't mind it as a one of, two of seems a little high to me. Uh, There's not a better two drop, the, you really would rather probably have another two drop that's on Fleece yeah. Man Lion or Death Dealer's uh, level, but there's not really one to, that you have access to right now, so you go to the best one drop, which is Warden, which isn't bad, because turn two, it's a three three. There. Uh, in the sideboard, a little weird, uh, well, I don't want to call it weird, but uh, a little wor- worth noting, there's no uh, Wingmate Rocks. No Wingmate Rocks, no Elspeth, no Crux of Fates or uh, End Hostilities. Yeah, End Hostilities. So, so he's staying true to aggro the whole time. Yeah, he is not trying to break his plan up at all. So There's that's... also no Planeswalkers in the main deck, no more Sorens. So he's actually the most aggro of the ones we've been going over the last weeks. Right. Well, not the last few weeks, because that's been modern, but prior to that. Yeah. So Pedro Carvalho was on four-car whip. 
and uh wow, all kinds of cards. Uh four Sylvan Caryatid, four Seder Wayfinders, four Corsair Crufix, four Sidisi Blood Tyrant, Brood Tyrant, sorry, one Hornet Clean, three Den Protectors, one Torrent Elemental. Some of the what? Yeah. That says Torn Elemental. God damn. Torn Elemental. Hey, it swings the race in your favor by a lot. You know what also does? Two Dragon Lord of Tarka. <laughs> that she does. <laughs> um, two Deathness Raptor, one Sidisi Undead Advisor, and one Freaker God of Affliction. We have three sorceries. Those are all thought seeds. We have five instances, with three of them being Murderous Cut, two of them being Heroes Downfall. Uh, we have two Whip of Erebos and a bunch of land. Uh, sideboard consists of two Heroes Downfall, two Disdainful Stroke. Uh, I like that. Two mm-hmm. Dragon Lord Solemgar, two Drown and Sorrow, one Crux of Fate, two Haven of the Spirit Dragon, one Dig Through Time, one Ugin the Spirit Dragon, one Soul of Innistrad, and one Soul Titarum. And the truth be told, the two Disdainful Stroke, I don't think there's a better counter right now. No. Everybody's there's getting it. big, man. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know what? Fuck it, counter. I mean, either they're getting... that, blue and black decks don't care about a Corsair. They care about the Seed Rhinos, the Taskers, the Atarkas. Yeah, I mean, either they're getting really big or they're getting really small, where it's like a dead protector package with Seder mm-hmm. Wayfinders and uh, Deathmiss Raptors. Yeah, but then you just bring in the Drowning Sorrows. Right, and then, you know, the, the Disdainful Stroke is dead in that match. I'll, I'll grant that to you. You win that argument. I'm not going mm-hmm. to. But, I mean, against oh, damn near every other deck, you're just looking at, you know, big creature, mm-hmm. big dumb creature, big dumb creature, big dumb creature, big dumb creature. Ooh. It's a bit surprising he just didn't go the full five color for Rhino and Obzon Charm. Why not, right? I mean, the red's only for the Atarka, so you could get away with the Karyatids and the Bivouacs alone. Like, yeah. he could have easily, like, he has four Llanowar Wastes and the Avimaya Coast. He could easily trim those for some, uh, probably trim those for the, um, uh, what's the, uh, Tri-Land for Obzon? Sandstep uh, Citadel. Yeah, that card. <laughs> he could easily have trimmed some of those, maybe trim some other numbers here for some Siege Rhinos, cut a murderous cut or so for Obzon Charm, and just, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm turning my air conditioner back on. Uh, this podcast is free, and I'm not going to charge you extra for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so no charge for that background noise that's going to come in, but it's fucking hot. <laughs> that background noise you hear is Angelo being comfortable. Right. So you want to go over the Bant Megamorph deck from uh, Eric Severston. Ooh, Bant Megamorph. It's different. It's not Abzan, dude. That's all I'm going to say. Oh. <laughs> Let me scroll to it. Yeah, there it is. It is. It's okay. right there. Ooh. We have two Planeswalkers. We have one Elsa Suns Champion and one a Johnny Steadfast. It's nice to see uh, Steadfast getting some play. Yeah. Instead of a uh, Mentor. Not for much longer. No, a bit, it's a bit surprising to see in a Megamorph deck the four mana versus the five mana, which just finds you pieces. Yeah, but the four mana, the ability on the Megamorph uh, creatures, they, you're never losing, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, like they die, they come back. <laughs> the, the Steadfast is more of the aggressive route for the deck instead of wanting to go longer. Right. Which is kind of counterintuitive for his two massively unseen. It's kind of counterintuitive for the one Elspeth. But she's just going to run to a Johnny's, right? She's just going to steal games. I think that's yeah. what it comes down to. You just land her and say, "Do you have a hero's downfall or a storm breath dragon?" Like no, been, she I'm, wins. Oh, even against storm breath, I mean, like. Well, he hits her twice. He has to hit her twice, you know. Yeah, but, like, it's an answer. Like, you get six soldiers that it perpetually blocks, and and the Stormbreath could probably race because monstrous. Technically. Technically. I'm not going to give a full yes to that, but technically it can be an answer, but it's not always an answer. You know, a lot of times you play, play, because it comes down on five, a lot of times you're like, play this, and they're like, ha-ha, Elspeth, fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, negative, damn it. But, yeah, it's it's hard. 
So, on to creatures. We have 25 of them, with four Elvis Mystics, two Sylvan Carrioted, and one Rattleclaw Mystic, four Fleece Man Lions, three Corsair Crufix, four Den Protector, four Deathmist Raptor, three Dragonlord Ojitai. Uh-huh. Instance. We have two Dramogus Command, two Valor Stance, and three Main Deck Disdainful Strokes. Good call. I think three might be one, uh, like maybe one too many for the main deck. Because if you do know. play against another Megamorph deck, it, it's really not hitting much other than the closers that you also have. And you could be sitting on that and just die to Deathness Raptors. You could. You could also uh, just accept the fact. Because, like, I mean, you're going to have dead cards a lot of times. Yes. And if this card is good in 70% of the matchups, but yeah, bad sure. in 30 of them, and in a field that, quite frankly, is pretty wide open... Mm-hmm. I mean, standard people are playing everything. It's not like there's two decks in standard right now. So mm-hmm. it's like it's good in like 70% of the possible matchups he's going to sit down against. So I, I think that realistically it's a good call. I probably would have swapped a, out of one more stance for the th- instead of the third stroke, but yeah. Well, he has the option of the one that sideboard. I mean, hey, he top eight of the GP, so I can't judge him. No, you cannot. He has some enchantments. Main board. Holy yeah, hell. two Mask of the Unseen. Angela's favorite enchantment. Yeah, but it's missing the uh, the land that makes it oppressive. The, the Nikos. It, yeah. It's still very annoying and oppressive. It is, but it's not as oppressive. They're not gaining 400 life in no, like, a but, single turn. No, not in a single turn. But they can still gain 40 plus life in a single turn very easily. Oh, I know. Like, they go Den Protector, Den Protector, Deathness Raptor, Deathness Raptor, Deathness Raptor. And yeah, they just gained a whole fuck ton of life. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And there's 24 lands. Nothing really of note. Some basics, some temples, some pain lands. Yep, and some fetches. Sideboard. We have one more Elspeth Sun's Champion, two more Dramocus Command, one Valor's Stance, one Master of the Unseen, the fourth Disdainful Stroke, one Plummet, two Hornet Nest, two Stratus Dancer, one Negate, two Glare of Heresy, and one Arashian Cleric. Interesting list. Uh, I like yeah, I like it. It's more of an aggressive one than trying to go long with masteries and dragons. Right. Uh Steve Rubin. He was on Red Green Dragons. He has two Xenagos, the Reveler, in his main board, two Craters Claws, and two uh Ooh. Roast as his sorceries. He has four Draconic Roars. Um goddamn. This is actually way different. Four Elvish Mystic, four Rattleclaw Mystic, four Goblin Rabble Master, two Den Protector, four Death Miss Raptor, four Thunderbreak Regents, and four Stormbreath Dragons. Well, this is Red Green Dragons, not Devotion. But where's the Atarkas? No Atarkas. That, that's what it was like. It's, it's different. No Atarkas. He doesn't need Atarkas. He has Crater's Claws, damn it. True. But still, not seeing any, not even a single Atarka in the main deck seems a bit weird. It does. At least one I probably would throw in there. So maybe yeah. it's in the sideboard. Uh, one Den Protector, two Roast, two Nissa, one Plummet, two Hornet's Nest, one Back to Nature, one Outpost Siege, one Rending Volley, one Barrage of Boulders, one Mob Rule, and two Seismic Rupture. How many what? Nope, no Atarkas. No Atarkas. But he does got the mob rule, dude. That's the mob so rule tech. is his version of a Tarka, essentially. Dude, that is the tech. Remember, I, dude, I, I preached that card. Yep. Against fucking, uh, the Megamorph decks, it's just insane. Yep. Or even the Devotion decks. Oh, you, you have your one Atarka. I'm gonna oh. take it, kill your Xenagos with it, or kill you. Yeah, well, I just like the whole, I have nine cards. It pretty much on. comes in against any green deck. Yeah, I have nine cards flipped over on the board with my Master of the Unseen, and you go, ah, give them here. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna attack with them. <laughs> oh, they killed you before you could gain the life. Oh. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> and even <laughs> when Maybe they should have flipped some over earlier instead of just trying to get annoying with it. Well, the thing is, even when they flip them, like Deathness Raptor is a three, Den Protector is a two. So well, Deathness like, four. Okay, but it's four or less, and then yeah, five true. or more. So I'm getting. That. I thought it was three or less, and then four or more. Uh, I think it's the other way around. 
If not, you know what? We have the uh, technology. We have the technology. I'm checking that right now. I have it up on the gather. Yep. And four or greater, three or less. Okay. Wait. Death Mist is four? I thought it was three. It's a three-three, and then it gets the Megamorph counter. Oh, balls. Yep. God damn it. Uh, so what's the next deck we're going to go over there, young Broderick? Uh, five color dragons? Sure, go over it. I gotta pull up the page again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's either five color dragons or more red green stuff, so it's probably the last one we're gonna go over. Um, I don't know. There's seven considerably different decks in the top eight this time. Yeah, they're considered like, different. They're top five red green variants. Yeah, it says sorta on my notes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Alright, so we have these seven creatures. Four den protector, four deathness raptor, because they're inseparable for most of the time. We have four Dragonlord Ojitai, three Dragonlord Silumgar, one Dragonlord Atarka, four Stairway Wayfinders, four Sylvan Caryatids, and three Corsair Crufix. <laughs> we have, so let's see, there's one, five creatures, with the, starting with the letter D. Yep, just fun fact. Just, just, yep. Yep, four Thoughties, <laughs> three Heroes Downfalls, and one Murderous Cut. 25 lands, wow. Four. I mean, all yep. those Ds, he wasn't fucking around. He wants four Haven of the Spirit Dragon. <laughs> yeah. My well, shit ain't gonna die to stay dead. He has eight dragons. He needs to make sure he casts them all the time. Dude, I don't know. I've run decks with eight dragons and only put two of those in. <laughs> hey, maybe the proper formula is for every two dragons you have, you need one Haven. I have ten dragons in my Mardu deck currently. I well, run two well, Haven. You need, you need six, apparently. Apparently. Sideboard, we have one more Dragonlord Tarka, four Drowned in Sorrows, three Bottle Blight, two Dragonlord Dramoka, some more Ds, one Silumgar the Drifting Death, there's two Ds in that one, Nuts. two Crux of Fate, and two Duress. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you just kept saying Ds, Ds, Ds. It's like, come uh, on, man, you're going to give them the D. <laughs> yep. That's what this deck tries to do in five different forms of colors. This it wants to give you the D in every color possible. It's going to give you the D, and you're going to like it. <laughs> yep. Green, white, blue, black, and red. You're getting one of their Ds. Oh, my God. So, wait, no, that's all racist. Don't say that. <laughs> hey, it's the color pie. It is, it is. But I was going to give an example for each one. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, most of our uh, listeners are, uh, well... Now they're all coming up with it on their own, so I'm not the yeah, least they, they are. <laughs> they pretty much can get it on their own. <laughs> Everyone's going, what's blue? <laughs> <laughs> Smurfs. <laughs> Why give uh, it to them? <laughs> uh, well, maybe they want to say merfolk. Right. So, um, over at uh, Grand Prix 2... That'd be Copenhagen for those out there who don't play with tobacco. The modern one. The good modern. one. Modern. We had uh, 1,345 players appearing for the main event with 158 making the cut to day two. Small event compared to Charlotte. Small event compared to a lot of recent GPs. Especially modern. I mean, this is overseas, so. Yeah, but it beat out the standard one in Providence. I, I think that was just, realistically, I think this week, expecting the numbers to be down was probably the right way to go because it, it just, I mean, between Vegas and Charlotte, I mean, it, a lot of fucking people with these tournaments. Yep. So, it Most was of the bigger pros from North America were not going to venture to these, unless they needed the one few more points to make platinum or whatever. Yeah, but. Huey Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> he flew to Copenhagen. Uh, so By the, himself? I believe so, because uh, the rest of uh, Peach Oath was in Providence. wonder if he went on vacation. I uh, got me. Uh, so the other two are the day two meta breakdown with our top nine archetypes. I really try to keep this at eight, but it's, it's it never works out that way. 
It's always like always high. like eight's like tied like four times or it's tied twice. It's like I gotta cut it to seven because there's too many tied there. So we have Splinter Twin with twenty five of the hundred and fifty eight. That's fifteen point eight percent of them. Uh, just categorizes twin, no variations between them. No. Okay. And it's Frank Karsten giving me these stats, so I, I trust his okay. stats. Uh, Grixis. There's some Grixis and some Teamer and some Blue Red thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, Grixis Control, 12 of those, and that's 7.6%. We have, uh, Affinity with 11 of those, and that's 7%. We had Affinity and Zoo, or, wait, no. I just said Affinity. Duh. Yep. Zoo and Tron, they both had 10 of them at 6.3%. Uh, Abzon Midrange and Jund, 9 of those at 5.7. And Abzan Company and Burn. So those were 8 of them. Nice. See Obs on mid range there because yeah. most people seem to be switching over to company. Well, I mean, Coco's pretty good, and that was yeah, five point one. Rhino. So of our top nine archetypes, they comprise sixty four point five percent of the day two field. So while the myth is out there that modern is super crazy wide open, it's actually less wide open on day two, statistically by the numbers than the standard. Yeah. Because day one, you'll probably see decks like Soul Sisters, uh, Merfolk, and Elves. You see Merfolk on day two really late, too. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, you, you see, you know, more of the fringe. Yeah, like decks that weren't represented in the top nine. You'll see decks like, like I just uh, gave examples for, or probably early on in the rounds for day one. Mm-hmm. Just crazy nut shit, you know. You know ain't gonna win. The local kid shows up with his fucking, his goblin deck, and everyone's just like, what are you doing? Well, killing people on turn three half the time. And dying the other half of the time. <laughs> not making day two. True. Uh, so, this is how things kind of broke down as far as this goes. And this is Prezimek Zhonsky, uh, 2-1 over Hans Christian Longquist. Longquist, sorry. Uh, Marco Carvalho, what? Wasn't he in the other tournament? No. Okay. Marcio Carvalho. Okay, Marcio Carvalho, 2-1 over Baranka Nierik. Uh, Arnold Hockenmuller loses 2-1 to Steve Hattel. Uh, Christopher Larson, thank you for having a normal name. <laughs> <laughs> he wins 2-1 Rodrigo over, Rodriguez. over Thiago Rodriguez. Uh, Christopher Larson loses to Steve Hotto 2-1. Uh, Prismis Konotsky, 2-0 over Marco, Marcio Carvalho. And, uh, Prismic Konotsky, 2-0 over Steve Hotto. I probably pronounced that three times differently. Yep. Don't. Well, no, I think you pronounce it at least twice the correct, the same way. So. Okay. Call that one the correct way and the other one. So what was he on? He was on Merfolk. He yep. won this bitch. Three Master of Ways, three Mara Regery, three Tidebinder Mage, four Master of the Pearl Trident, four Lord of Atlantis, four Silver Girl Adept, four Curse Catcher, two Vapor Snag, three Dismember, two Relic of Progenitus, four Aether Vile, four Spreading Seas. Don't you want to tell him about those, uh, for very, those five very specific lands. Well, we have three Wanderwide now. That can only be used. In one Menomino. One Menomino. Menomino. And then one Obero. Menomino. We have an Obero. It's actually Minimo, but yeah. that's just what, it's, it's Menomino for everyone. Uh, one Cavern of Souls and four Mutavolt because they're, I mean. They're, they're one mana Merfolk. They're Merfolk. I mean, uh, we also Slivers. A sideboard that consists of one Master Ways, one Tidebinder Mage, two Hibernation, one Dispel, one Cure, Great Last spinner, three rem- or two remand, three spell pierce, and four tectonic edge. This is a deck that I believe, and I know you look at it and you go, "There's only ten islands in it." You're wrong. It, no, this this attacks the Blood Moon decks. Mm-hmm. Because, <gasps> there's no fetch lands in this deck. Well, yeah, there's that, and there's also the four Aether Vowels. Like that's not to be yep. overlooked. Like I can play them off of colorless mana and then play all of my creatures and not plus uh, <laughs> Menomino and uh, Obero and Water One Hub all tap for blue. So does Cavern because it's always on Merfolk. 
Well, I'm saying against Blood Boots. Oh, yeah. Those are your dead cards. But, you know, between the Ten Islands and the Four Aether Vials, like, I mean, you you can just play your deck against. They go ahead and they go, because there's so many times in Modern where they go, turn three Blood Moon, and the other player goes, fuck, and picks up his cards. (laughs) More folks like K, activate Aether Vial three. Right. They're like, all right, whatever, dude. I have an Aether Vial set at two, and I have an Aether Vial set at three. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh look, a hidden island, spreading seas. Now you have now you have an island and a whole bunch of mountains. Yeah. Uh, so Steve Hato, what's he's on there, brother? This is different. Steve Hato is on Scape Shift. I'm on a what? Yes. That's still a deck. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't talked about Scape Shift in forever. Since Valak. Yep. Since Dig Through Time was still legal. Yeah. We have six creatures, four Sakura Tribe Elders, and two Snapcaster Mages. Sorceries, we have ten. Four Scape Shift, well, name of the deck. Uh, duh. Four Search for Tomorrow, one Far Seek, and one Pyroclasm. There are 19 instants. Four Cryptic Commands, four Remands, four Lightning Bolt, two Peer Through Depths, two Electrolyze, two as a Charm, and a Singleton Repeal. Essentially what Scape Shift is, it is a Teamer control deck that has a combo kill. Yeah. I'm gonna go Valakut, and then I'm gonna name Scape Shift, and you're gonna die. And they go, yep, I'm dead. <laughs> Scape shift, sack seven lands, Valakut, six mountains, 18 to you. Oh, you shocked earlier? Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for doing that extra two for me. I appreciate it. Scape shift tends to average to do turn seven, deal 18 points of damage. So if you're playing against scape shift, keep the fetching and shocking to as minimum as possible. Yeah, and thought seize, take them out. Yep. Take out your thought seize. I know it, it's counterintuitive because you're like, wait, it's a combo. You hit thought seize is good about. No, no, no. If you miss, you're fucked. <laughs> if you don't hit one of those scape shifts, you might feel good about hitting a cryptic command, but you're not happy about losing that two life. Well, even if you do hit the scape shift, say you hit the scape shift on turn two, all right? Yeah. We're not going to say nothing Which crazy. isn't the turn you want to hit it on. All right? You hit the scape shift on turn two. Well, if on turn five he draws another scape shift, you're fucked. <laughs> if you're playing against scape shift and have a thought seize, turn five roughly is when you want to be casting that. Yeah. Uh, did you go over sideboard? I am about to. Because I love some of the cards in this sideboard. We have a whole bunch of singletons in one Engineer Explosives, one Ancient Grudge, one Anger of the Gods, one Back to Nature, one Creeping Corrosion, one Vendillion Click, one Counterflux, and one Inferno Titan. So we have a Wish sideboard here. We have two Negates, two Thrag Tusk, and three Obstinate Balok. Okay. Uh, Balos cool. Drag Tusk is, you know, Drag Tusk. And uh, Inferno Titan is still the fucking, just, the the dead nuts. Yep. Uh, You know, (laughs) I mean, you play an Inferno Titan, you just look at them. (laughs) They take three, you attack for six, kill some blockers, fire breathe them to death. It's just so good in this format specifically, because, like, everybody's running creatures with, like, two or three toughness, and you're just like, yeah, I got an Inferno Titan, you're fucked. Land Inferno Titan against the company deck. I'm gonna hit your Viscera Seer, and I'm gonna Kill your Anafenza, there goes two of your three pieces. That's that company deck. Now, Company Elves is another story. Yeah, Company Elves is, I'm going to kill three of your guys. You have nothing on board now. <sighs> then they play another one and get three. <laughs> that deck is... <laughs> or they have their Lord out. Yeah, uh, so... But most... he only has two toughness. Yeah, but once they play the Lord, the game's over. No, well, normally. Normally, yes. Uh, Marcy they have to draw the Azuri. Yeah. Uh, Jund. So we have four Liliana, four Goyf, yep. two more Goyf in the form of Tassiger. Two Kitchen Finks, three Scavenging Ooze, one Huntmaster of the Fells. Ooh, no Dark Covenant. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting big over here. Uh, three Inquisition, three Thought Seeds, one Maelstrom Pulse, a Colagon's Command, a Dismember, two Terminate, three Abrupt Decay, four Lightning Bolt, and one, count it, one Bitter Blossom. Got him. One. Got him. 
one. And, I mean, he has, like, Treetop Village, Two Raging Ravines, um, you know, a bunch of other good lands. It's just, this is your value deck. Like, this is as fair yep. as decks get in modern, and it's also as expensive as decks get in modern. <laughs> <laughs> this is essentially the modern version of standards OBS on mid-range. Yeah, yeah, fair. Instead enough. of playing a four-mana Siege Rider, you're playing a two-mana Tarmogoyf. Then right. you're playing your three-mana Liliana instead of playing the six-mana Elspeth. Hmm. you still got your Thoughtseize and your removal spells. Or you're playing a three-mana uh, Tassiter. Yeah, or Those are one-mana. Those yeah. are real. Yep. Uh, turn one, fetch Thoughtseize. Turn two, fetch Tassiter. Yup. So sick. Uh, so, we have a Thought Seize. We have a Kitchen Face. We have two Thrag Tusks. We have a Damnation. We have an Outpost Siege. Yes, Outpost Siege has made it yep. into modern. Uh, yeah, well, Chandra's already seen play, so... Yeah, Outpost Siege is just a, it's clearly a step up. Oh, uh, we have an Elizabeth Darn. What, yep. you don't agree with me? There's good points and worse points. I personally think Chandra's better, but mainly it's because of how much enchantment remo- hate is already in modern because of Twin. Well, Brep Decay doesn't hit it. It doesn't hit Chandra. True. Um, but, you know, it does not also hit Outpost Siege. It does hit some of the... Eh, I, dude, I still think Outpost Siege. Yeah, like, it's a hit or miss. I prefer Chandra because I'd rather not have, like, play it and then have some random main deck enchantment hate or... I mean, this is sideboard, but I mean, like, yeah. you've been seeing main decks for him, but... Still, you know when to bring it in. Yeah. I mean, it, it, in the mirror match, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like it either gets pulsed or nothing. So, and once you start drawing two cards with this deck, <laughs> so we have an Olivia Vadarn, we have four Fulminator Mage, one Duress, one Unravel the Aether, one Ancient Grudge, and a Drown in Sorrow. Christopher Lasso. Uh, one quick question. Am I sure. missing something as to why Unravel the Aether is being played over, say, I don't know, Naturalize or Destructive Revelry? Hmm. Well, I'm going to pull up... Maybe okay. Karanosa out of the Twindex, but that's all I can think of. Two-target artifact or enchantment. Its owner shuffles it into his or her library. Yeah. Um, Karanos is the only thing I can think of. And that's a pretty good thing to think of. I, I mean, but is it enough to warrant this over, say, Destructive Revelry, which deals two damage? Um, apparently yes. I mean, they're both brought in the same matchup. They are, so. and he believes that it is, so I'm going okay. to go with the guy who top-aided. Yep. I think that's a fair thing to go with. Just, yeah. when in doubt, go with the guy who wins. Yep. <laughs> okay, so Christopher Larson. Last. He's on blue-white Merkel. Oh, which is just so two, blue Merkel with one white Merkel. With Path Yeah. <laughs> so, creatures, there are 24. There are two Spellscape. Those are not Merfolk. We have four Lord of Atlantis, four Silvergill Adept, four Merrigery, four Kosi's Trickster, four Master of the Pearl Trident, and two Master of Waves. For those of you who don't know what Kosi's Trickster is, it's a one-mana, one-one merfolk that whenever your opponent, any opponent shuffles their library, it gets a plus-one, plus-one counter. I love Kosi's Trickster. I tried to break that thing so many times back in standard because all the fetches were there. It was a Zendikar card. Playing against it is so annoying. It's like, okay, I gotta fetch for this, but wait, if I fetch, I can't kill it with Bolt. Mm-hmm. It never did it, what it was meant to do during Zendikar, because there was just so much efficient removal. Yeah. And I do believe Doomblade was even legal at the time. It so, was. So, you know, everyone was running for Doomblades. And so it just never saw the play that it probably warranted, because, you know, everyone was running eight fetches. 
So yeah. it wasn't like the thing wasn't going to grow. It's just there was too much efficient spot removal. Plus, and, you also had Evolving Wilds and Terramorphic Expanse. Yeah, and there was no depth of threats for the deck that it was in. So it was like, you know, you only had to kill so many cards. So it wasn't like, you know, the current decks where it's just like, look, yeah, Kosi's Trickster or Lord of Atlantis, you fucking choose. I don't care. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to choose. Yeah. And that decision might kill you. Yeah, and you're going to go Lord because... I mean, if and not, sometimes there's not even a correct choice because you're probably just dead no matter which one you kill. Yeah, either you're dead or your creatures are dead. Like, pick which one. Yeah, because they have redundant lords, but if you don't kill the Coast Strixer now, you need to fetch within the next two turns each, and it's getting bigger. You can't bolt it. You got to waste another removal spell, which then you can't kill a lord. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty bad. So we have uh, Tiago Rodriguez. He's on Grixis Control. I still didn't finish. Okay. We only did creatures. Oh, my bad. Jeez. Would you yeah. <laughs> uh, instance, we have four Path to Exile, two Unified Will, Artifacts, four Aether Vial, Enchantments, four Spreading Seas, 22 Lands, four Ghost Quarter, four Muta Vaults, two Flood Strand, four Wack Wanderwine Hub, four Seacrum Coast, a Hallow Fountain, and three Islands. Sideboard, two Spellskite, four Staring Silence, a Hibernation, two Rest in Peace, two Kataki Wars Wage, and four Swan Song. Go ahead, Angelo. Okay, Tiago Rodriguez is Grixis control four snapcaster two tassiger one or three germog anglers yay big fish uh four serum visions four thought scour two spell snare two manily two remand four terminate two colagons command one electrolyze three cryptic command one dispel four lightning bolt um colagons command is really good in modern yeah it's a lot better it's almost always a two for one yeah i'm gonna kill your guy discard a card or destroy that uh spell sky right there i'm gonna grab this creature back it's so much better in modern. <laughs> yeah. But oh, hey, we might get... There might be recent artifact... Like, good artifact coming in Zendikar and uh, Origins. We don't know yet. Yeah, I might shit purple and it might taste like Rainbow Sherbert. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. We just never know. Uh, two Dispel, <laughs> four Fulminator Mage, Spell Sky to Damnation, two Anger of the Gods, one Karanos, God of the Storms, two Bedillion Click, one Negate, one Engineered Explosion, rounding out the sideboard of Tiago Rodriguez's deck. So... Arnold is next. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you go ahead with that. What's his last name? He was no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Hawkmiller. Hawkmiller. Yeah, that some phlegm was probably in there. I missed that. Yeah, he was on Grixis. <laughs> <laughs> he was on Grixis twin. And we have 11 creatures, four Snapcaster Mage, two Vanillian Click, four Deceiver Exarc, and one Pestermite. Sorceries, four Serum Visions, two Inquisition of Kozilek. Instance, four lightning bolt, four remand, two dispel, one spell snare, one cold guns command, two cryptic command, one terminate, one dismember, one thought scour, with three splinter twin as his enchantments. Mm-hmm. Sideboard, there are 14 cards, 13, well, total 15, 13 different cards. Ha! One dispel, one cold guns command, one inquisition of Kozilek, two Karanus god of storms, two Tesker golden fang, one Jace architect thought, one Fidalkin shackles, one engineer explosives, one go for the throat, one blood moon, one magus of the moon, one anger of the gods, and one pyroclasm. Okay. Yep. That, that's like a deck. It, it is. Uh, Bron- Bronco. Nigerski. Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you give him a New York accent? New York or Jersey accent? <laughs> oh, I mean, Bronco Nigerski was a football player. <laughs> it's, Bron- okay. it's Branco Nerdic. Uh, he was on Grixis Delver. So, you know, it's two Gurmog Angler, two Tassiger, three Snaps. Uh, and now we're getting into where it's actually a Delver deck. Four Delver, three Young Pyromancer. Yep. Four Serum Visions, three Gutaxian Probe, four Thought Scour, four Lightning Bolt, two Spell Snare, one Deprive. 
Three terminate, two man leak, two remand, one is a charm, another Colagon's command, and electrolyze. Uh, Dark Slick Shores? Okay. <laughs> well, he, he found that. That's the land I'm gonna name. Uh, one deprive, one Colagon's command, one magma spray, one engineered explosives, one dispel, one flash reef, one vandal blast, two is it static caster, one vidalian click, one negate, two thought seize, two blood moon. On to Han Christensen Lundquist. He was on Mono White Death and Taxes. Ooh. Yeah, surprising. I, I just wanted to make noises. <laughs> <laughs> you do that already. I don't know why you waited. It's your show. Make all the noises you want. I know, but you got to put them in the right places. Eh, just like other things. Right. <laughs> we have 28 creatures. Four Dryad Militant, four Thalia Garden of Raven, four Leonian Arbiter, three Sarah Avenger, one Anafenza Kintree Spirit, two Spellskite, three Flicker Wisp, three Blade Splicer, two Avon Mind Sensor, two Kitchen Finks. Instance, four Path to Exile, one Dismember. And no, in this deck, Dismember is not a black card. Stop trying to argue that. No, it's four damage in one. Yep. <laughs> four Aether Vials. 23 lands, four Ghost Quarters, three Tectonic Edge, uh, a Ganjo Castle, and a Flagstones of Trocare. Yeah, that card was amazing back in the day under the old rule, the old legend rule. Mm-hmm. Like, it's lost a lot of its luster because you could run four of them and just, like, power out so much land, it was unreal. Yep. I mean, it keeps your Anafenza and your Thalias alive, mainly your Thalias. Mm-hmm. Cyborg, three Stony Silence, two Wiltleaf Liege. Yes, that's white in the stack, not green. Two Rest in Peace, two Core Firewalker, two Mirren Crusader, one Mark of Asylum, one Disenchant, one Engineer Explosives, and one Grafdigger's Cage. Woohoo! Woo! So... So, yeah, this top eight did not at all dictate the uh, day two top 64% decks we had uh, talked about. Nope. We had Delver, Control, and Twin. That, those are the decks we actually talked about. Grixis. And that's at 4%. Grixis. Yep, all of them were Grixis. Well, the Grixis Control was there, the Twid, uh, see, the Affinity Zoo Trod, no. No, Delver wasn't on the list. Delver was not on that list, that's a big John. surprise. Yeah, John was John. on the list. Uh, so three of them made it, so that, of 80, three out of 80 is, or three out of eight, I'm sorry, not 80. I'm sorry, I'm on shot like four, okay? Um, <laughs> I drink strong whiskey. So three of eight, we're looking at the 35%, roundabouts, 38, something like that. Uh, so yeah, good, cool. Yeah, but two rare folks, and uh, a death, mono white death and taxes. Yeah, that deck that just, that, you I know. I mean, has been getting up there in popularity because Tron decks. Uh-huh. Because it just always is Tron. Oh, look, a Tron piece now is an island. It just beats the Blood Moon decks a lot of times, too. Yep. Yeah, so there's that. But is what it is. That is our modern breakdown from GP Copenhagen. Congratulations to Mr. Konoski and uh, who's the other winner? I don't remember. He had a cool Whoever game. the other guy was. You know who you are. If you right. Mason something. Oh, uh, yeah, Sky. Sky. Sky in the yeah. yeah, it's Mr. Sky. So, you know, good on to you, dude. Uh, congratulations, all that other stuff to our winners. Uh, we're going to take a break, but I need to let you guys know, do not skip this commercial. I know some of you probably just fast-forward through these. Please do not skip this one. There is an important announcement in there that I want everybody to hear. Okay. Okay. Guys, there's an Easter egg. Yeah. Find it. There's actually an Easter egg. Go, like, listen to this thing and stuff and enjoy it. And then rewind it, like, ten times and make sure you got it. Yeah. And when you think you got it, you didn't. Go listen another ten times. No, I think you got it. Nah. Okay, another five times. Don't listen to Mike. You got it. <laughs> Holy shit. More stuff went up. What? Oh, well. We'll Spoilers. get to that when we get to it. Uh, anyway, so, folks, we'll be back in a minute. Please listen to this. Yes, everybody, it is that time again. I am going to talk about Titan Games because I love talking about Titan Games because, quite frankly, it's the best shop I've ever been to. 
And you, even if you can't get there, you can still get all of your stuff from them, and you can help the pittance. I'll just let them know that we're the ones who sent you. Just go to TitanGames.com, and that's T-A-I-T-A-N Games.com. You know, don't spell it the other way, because that's a different store, and I don't support them. I support these ones. Got it? Good. Uh, you can order anything you want there, singles, uh, sealed product, whatever. It doesn't matter. They also run tournaments literally every day of the week which is a far cry from what a lot of other stores, or it's actually far better than what a lot of other stores are doing because most of them just do a Friday Night Magic, maybe a Saturday event. Now you walk in there on a Tuesday, God damn it, there's a tournament going on. That's what's up. Uh, and with those tournaments, there's also something else going on. They're going to start streaming them soon, and they were nice enough to approach me and ask me if I would like to be the main host, anchor, whatever, and they gave me some leeway, and they said, go find your own co-host, your own co-anchor, whatever. And I know a lot of you are like, oh, so obviously Will's going to do this. Uh, no, Will's not home enough. And then some of you were like, oh, so it must be Mike. And um, no, I, you know, I thought about Mike for a second, and the more I thought about it is our alignment in this game matches up too much. You know, like, I like limited, and believe it or not, he's more of a limited mind than he is a standard mind, even if he doesn't want to admit that to himself. <laughs> um, so I, you know, scoured the internet, and I'm like, what podcast do I listen to? And I am very proud to announce that one of the hosts of one of the few magic podcasts that I do listen to is decided to join me. Who are you, sir? Uh, my name is Kevin Rosenberg. I am the host for Hardcast Podcast. Okay. What is the Hardcast Podcast? Uh, The Hardcast Podcast is a competitive Magic the Gathering podcast uh, based around constructed formats, uh, standard and modern mostly, but we do get into legacy sometimes. Uh, Okay, uh, what colors are your wheelhouse when you play your constructed? Hmm. I'm actually normally a very aggressive player, uh, like red and white, uh, if I had to pick all the time, but obviously those decks are not always good and... In constructed formats, so I like to branch out, but my best magic's played aggressively with red and white. Okay, now people, do you understand now? Like, he's a constructed player, he plays red and white. When I'm a limited player, and when I do play constructed, I prefer blue. Uh, but like you said, you can't always play what you prefer. Like, I'm, I'm playing Mordu now, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we're, we're fairly different-minded as far as the game goes, and I think this is going to add to a... To make the show very good when we do uh, bring these tournaments to you, we will bring you dates as soon as we possibly can, uh, as soon as Titan lets us, more or less. Uh, right now, we're just kind of going along with the flow and keeping it with their announcement schedule because it's obviously their tournaments. Uh, he'll, he'll announce it on Hardcast, I'm sure. I'll announce it on the Pittance, absolutely. And, you know, you'll know when we're going to be doing this. It's going to be for some of their larger events and their pre-releases coming up in the future. Um, hmm. Gee, on take one, we talked about a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do recommend, honestly, uh, if you have never listened to the Hardcast podcast, uh, please go give it a try. Um, check them out. They are a top-notch show, and I'm not joking when I say that I only listen to, like, two or three Magic podcasts every week, and they're one of them. Uh, their knowledge of the constructed formats is exceptional, and... It's a very good show, so please go check them out. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to say? I'd like to start off with saying that Titan Shop is awesome. Uh, I've only been there once, but the experience was excellent all around. Customer service, the tournament running itself, you know, everything about it was great, so that's awesome. I'd also like to thank you for the opportunity to come on and do this. I can't wait. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, I, 
<clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm just very excited for it. Cool. Would you tell your co-hosts about it? I did, I did. They <laughs> were pretty excited for me. Cool, cool. So they'll, they'll absolutely be watching too. Or sleeping, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, guys, again, as soon as we find out more information about this, we will let you know. This is just kind of the initial leak that this is going to be going on. And I expect us to be able to make further announcements within a couple weeks. So please stay tuned, listen to to our shows, and we'll let you know. And again, if you order anything off Titan Games through the interwebs, please let them know that the Pit Imps sent you, because I very much appreciate it. And they like hearing that them supporting the Pit Imps is, you know, driving a little bit of business their way. But until then, until the next time I talk to you about this and stuff, uh, back to the show. Hey, we're back. I hope you really enjoyed that announcement thing that I did there in the future, because I'm not actually recording that till tomorrow. But hey, I know what it is, and it's really fucking cool. (laughs) So we have a bunch of Origins shit that came out, but you know, in the past we've uh, we've gone over all of the other stuff before we go over the spoilers, and then we have a hard time figuring out which spoilers we want to go over. So we've decided to switch that up, and we're going to go over spoilers first. Uh, Mike. All right. First pick on your spoiler list, bro. I am going to start things off with Relic Seeker. Relic Seeker. It is, it is a 2-2 human soldier for one and a white with uh, the new mechanic Renown. Whenever this creature does combat damage to a player, if this creature is not Renowned, put a plus one plus one counter on it and it becomes Renowned. So even if somehow it hits you, it gets a counter. Sweet. And his ability says, when he becomes Renowned, you may search your library for an equipment card, reveal it, and put it into your hand, then shelf your library. At least it's just putting it in your hand. Yep. I mean, I, on the Facebook page, have already said that I feel like this card is good, and others disagree with me. That's fine with them. I just feel like... It's no Stoneforge. It, it, it isn't, but we're not going to get Stoneforge, because... Oh, no, 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 they're never going to make that mistake again. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not really looking at this for standard at all. I'm I looking at it more towards modern. That's where, I, that, that was immediately where my brain went, was modern, yeah, because, because it's like swords and shit. It fits in with that uh, mono-white Death and Taxes deck we just went over. Very much so, and now Death and Taxes can play on the same axis that it does in Legacy, mm-hmm. where it has Minus, Stoneforge yeah. Mine is JIT, but it can still go get Batterskull. It can still go get uh, any of the swords. Like it's... And, like, the main thing people are saying with this, oh, it doesn't search it, it dies the bolt, and then you don't get it. Well, here's the thing. Modern has a lot of hand disruption right now with Click, Thoughtseize, Inquisition, Colagon's Command. So having it in your hand or in your deck, it's probably safer in your deck than in your hand. True. Plus, if you're playing, like, the Mono-White Death Impacts and they're bolting this... Sweet. Sure. Yeah. You're not killing anything else you have. Yeah, you're probably not disappointed by that. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is a fine card for that deck. But yeah, any two, I just two feel like everyone in white with some upside is, you know, usually sees consideration. With advantage deck. upside. Yeah. Because not only does this get bigger, but it provides sort of card advantage that also gets you, whether it's a threatened batter skull or make one of your creatures unable to be dealt with in a sword that hoses your opponent's colors. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It does. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, good call on that. Uh, I like. Uh, my first one that I have marked here is also in white, and uh, it's called Blessed Spirits. Yes. I was hoping it was this one. And it's two colorless and a white for a 2-2 flyer. Okay, limited, I'm playing it. I don't need any more yep. words. It, it is limited, at least a wind ring. Right. Uh, and then it says, <laughs> whenever you cast an enchantment spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Blessed Spirits. So... 
a two-two with upside, like possible major upside. Now, where's our rancors? I fuck a rancor, man. Give me a pacifism. Give me fucking any enchantment. Well, there's probably going to be a pacifism or arrest in the core set, because there's always a pacifism or an arrest in the core set. Yeah, there's usually something like that. Give me or something even like that. I mean, in blue-white flyers, I got claustrophobia I can play with. Claustrophobia and crust, uh, narcolepsy. Yeah, well, I'm going over a card that I know is in the set. Yeah. You know, and it's like, uh, okay, that's cool, and... I'm fine with that. And, by the way, it is honestly the coolest art on the planet, although it's also creepy. <laughs> the flavor text uh, hits yeah, you right in the heart. It's dead children. Uh, very, very dead children. And the flavor text says, not all heroes die in armor. You also have uh, Grasp with a Hyromancer, which is a very good enchantment for this thing. Right. Like, there's, there's good enchantments. Um, So, like, those are cool. Uh, We're going to do the wheel? Yep. Okay, my next card is going to be Zendikar Incarnate. Obviously, you people know I love limited. <laughs> so, green, red, and two. For an X4, uh, the X is equal to the number of lands you control. So, average, it's a 4-4. Four, four. On average, 4-4. Four, four. Uh, it only grows as time goes on. You know, it continually checks. So I've heard people gripe about it not being a star star, but it's uncommon. Jeez. Yeah, dude, if it was at uncommon, you can't make it a star star. You have to no. make it killable. Like, a star star in limited, like, I don't know how many times in limited I've had 11 or 12 lands out. And if yeah. I have this down and 11 or 12 lands, like, red can't beat me at that point. <laughs> you know? They're like, well, here's three, here's four creatures and two burn spells. Did it die? Oh, yeah, no, but I'm still gonna spell. beat you. <laughs> but now I'm I gonna beat you for myself. I feel horrible. Yeah, you just six for one yourself. I'm good. Uh, it, it, the big thing that pulled me to it was the fact that it is uncommon. Like, this is absurd and yeah. uncommon for limited. And if there's a green-red deck, it's going to center around this card being one of the finishers. Because I'll take a 6-4-4 all day long. That's not a bad card. No. no. <laughs> Even vanilla, to where, you know, yeah, it can die. You know, no Even protection. has have trample. Hey, oh, look, I'm a crawl worm. Crawl worm is a good card. And, and limited, it's, ex- it's exactly what you want. A 6-4-4-4, four, 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 I'm fine with. So, yeah, I like that card. I look to draft a lot of them, and I'm not joking around. So, Mike, what's yours? I'm going to go over a card that kind of probably goes in that same deck you're drafting that guy in. And it is uh, Rock Smallers. It is a 4-4 Rhino Soldier for 4 and a green with Trample. And also Renown 2. So whenever he hits your opponent, which Trample's going to help you, he becomes a 6-6. Oh my. And he's a common. Oh my. So you go turn four, your uh, Zendikar guy, turn five of this. <laughs> Which one you killing? <laughs> <laughs> the one that becomes a six six with trample, or the one that just keeps getting bigger? Yeah, uh, that puts you in a spot because I mean you're just naturally going to be inclined to oh, yeah. kill the Zendikar thing. And the fact that this is a common, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty absurd. A six six trample for five that only costs one green at common. Well, it's just like you know the ring warden now that we went over the last time we yeah. was on. You know that's a common three three flyer. Yeah. Up like there's a lot of commons that are very powerful with it. Depending on what fixing they give us in this set, I wouldn't mind splashing for just one or two of these if I'm not even in green. I think there's actually enough good ones in all colors that it's unneeded. Yep. Like, if I'm in blue-white and I have two of these, I'm probably playing two of these. <laughs> I'm probably <laughs> just looking to get owls and not worrying about it. Yeah, but I mean, if you don't, say you only got one owl, you'll probably play one or two of these. Right. So, uh, like two owls and one of these is probably ideal. If I'm in green blue, if I'm in green, if I'm in blue white, I'm not gonna splash it. Even if you end up getting two in your draft uh, pool with only one or two owls? Yeah, dude, two owls is fine. It's a five drop. Okay. How many five drops am I running? Well, it depends if you have no sixes. Again, how many five drops am I running? Three? Max. Two or three. And if I got two owls, I'm fine with two owls. 
All right. And for my wheel, I'm going to take Hithion's Irregulars. Okay. I was really expecting uh, you to go a different way with that last one. Eh, yeah. This this kind of hits where I've been trying to do something in standard for a little while. So it is a uh, four three human soldier for two and two white with renown one. So it'll get a plus one plus one counter when it hits your opponent, making it a five four. And for two white, tap target creature. Yep. He does not have to tap himself. Nope. And I have been trying to somehow brew up a mono white devotion deck for quite some time with Avison because well, why not? Her abilities are insane. Well, it's Avison. Oh, you yeah. mean the new Avis? The, the five mana one. Yeah. The yeah. three white and two. Give yeah. target creature protection from a color, or give you and all. I think it's you and all permanent you control protection from a color. Yeah, I think that was the original one, but that was just natural. No, the the original one was all your permanents are indestructible. Yeah. Okay. Which was basically like protection. Yeah. <laughs> but like you'd have mastery unseen, you'd have this Bramaz, soldier of the pantheon, I probably he- maybe Heliod, a Johnny. Okay, uh, you know, I, I know one thing. They don't eat their yogurt properly. They know nope. they get on their Activia a little bit more and become regulars. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, like, the name is actually very interesting to me because it's the irregulars. And mm-hmm. what regulars were, were they were, during the Roman Empire, uh, the regulars were the typical standing troops. Yep. And to call them the irregulars, it's like, what? Like, that almost makes no More or less mercenaries sense. for hire. It almost makes no fucking sense whatsoever, but... They probably just didn't want to say mercenaries. Well, I mean, like, the regulars were basically the police. Yes, That's and the they probably point. wanted to say irregulars over mercenaries because of the flavor it involves. Yeah, with, because they're... Not only because they're from Theros, but also because of Roman mythology, which Theros is based on. Uh, actually, Theros is based off of Greek mythology. It's Greek and Roman. It's actually Greco-Roman. It's a mixture of both. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm going to pick my last card here, and it is going to be... Kytheon, hero of Akros. Was that who you thought I was going to take? No, I thought you was going to go with language. No. Um, so we'll have that one. I mean, if you'll let me talk about that, I will. We will. We'll get to it. it it's a promo. Um, <laughs> so Kytheon, <laughs> hero of Akros, for one mana. That'd be one, one mana. You get a 2-1. All right. At the end of combat, if Kythos, hero of Akros, and at least two other creatures attack this combat. So, battalion. Right. Exactly. Which is weird, because that's RTR. It is, but it fits him. Oh, that is where... Yeah, he did travel there. You're welcome. Uh, Exile Kytheon did return him to the battlefield, transform under his owner's control. Now, for two and a white, Kytheon gains indestructible until end of turn, so you can suicide him in to make sure that he flips after turn three. Very good. Right. And then when you play the next one, because he's coming back as Planeswalker Gideon, so when you play the next one, you can use, you know, like that ability to protect him. <laughs> if only Exiling was a May. Uh-huh. So, and when he comes over, he is Gideon. He only has three loyalty. That's shit. Uh, Gideon Battleforged. Battleforged. And his plus two, up to one target creature an opponent controls attacks Gideon. Battleforged during its controller's next turn, if able. Fix over the last Gideon. The original Gideon. A little bit. Um, <laughs> he's not indestructible. <laughs> Untap your next turn for plus one. Untap your next turn. Target creature gains indestructible. Until your next turn. Until, yeah, yeah. Okay, shut up. Untap yeah. your next turn. Dude, I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Until your next turn. Untap that creature. He's indestructible. So cool. Uh, and the creature is indestructible, not right, Gideon. Right, not Gideon. This is important. Uh, and for zero. Yes, zero. Uh, until end of turn, Gideon. Battleforge becomes a 4-4 human soldier creature with indestructible that still plays walk and prevent all damage that would be dealt to him this turn. No more awkward moments of the original Gideon. Yeah. He's not a 6-6 <laughs> six, six either. Yeah, but the original Gideon had the issue where he became indestructable, but he could still take damage. Yes. No, it was prevent combat damage, I believe. Yeah, it was weird. And people would just be like, oh, okay, bolts. 
because Bolt was in standard with him at the time. Yeah, but it still wasn't enough to kill him. No, but being able to deal damage to him while they're using that ability, like they yeah. for them to that ability. It didn't shrink his loyalty though. It was It did. It didn't shrink his loyalty, but it hurt his his actual stats. Like, no, just, he was indestructible, but his loyalty, once that got removed, it hit his loyalty, but it didn't hit his stats as a creature. The way the original one was worded, you okay. could hit his loyalty while he was a creature. Again, we have technology. <laughs> So, anyway, we're going to move on. Those are our spoilers for this week. Uh, next week, we're going to put our foot in our mouth, because you guys like hearing that. So, buy a box promo is going to be Relic Seeker. Mike said he liked that card. Mike, are you still there? Yep, I was just checking the Gideon, and he was not indestructible. He was just having damage prevented that turn. Okay, uh, so Relic Seeker is the buy a box. Uh, yep. So, that's cool. For the launch party, you get a Mizium Meddler. Which is, uh, two and a blue flash when Mizium Meddler enters the battlefield. You may change a target of target spell or ability to the Meddler. He's a 1-4. And he's the 1-4. Hello, modern twin. Mm-hmm. Uh, game day promos. Uh, everyone will get a Conclave Naturalists. A 4-4 four, four for 5. That's four, four, when it enters, five. destroys an artifact or enchantment. Uh-huh. And then, uh, for you top 8 finishers, you get a Languish. And I know Mike wants to talk about Languish because... My only discrepancy about the card is that the artwork didn't change for the top eight promo. My only did discrepancy for the card is you're trying to tell me this thing's modern playable with damnations in modern. I did not say it was modern playable. That was Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I do not defend what Tim says because I have to correct him all the time. <laughs> was that him I was but, uh, working with on there? I'm like, dude, this thing ain't gonna see play. No, you uh, said it was going to see play in standard. I, it's yeah, not. I said standard. Look again. I'm a Mardu player. We all know that. I am not replacing a single crux or end hostility in not. my deck. I understand Mardu for this because kills all of your creatures in Mardu because you're not playing Siege Rhino or Tassadar. However, the Obzon decks are, and it kills Dragonlord Hojutai. So let's say, oh look, you have Dragonlord Hojutai. I'm going to cast this instead of having to cast Crux. And look, I'm going to have my Tasker, my Siege Rhino. You can lose your Dragon. That's the only Lord it hits though. It does, but that's the most, like, annoying one you want to hit. And I'm not saying what? replace Crux. Dude, I'm, I'm not saying replace Crux. Targa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I'm not saying replace Crux. I'm talking about, like, the decks that are running three Crux in the main. Trim a Crux for one of these. For against the red decks who, game one, you don't have Drown and Sorrow in your main deck, and you're still alive on your turn four. Okay, I, I just... Cast the Crux of Fate, you can cast this. Or against the Devotion, because turn four is a sweet spot for them. If you can kill their turn three creatures, which is going to be their Coursers, their Elvish Mystic, and their Sylvan Karyatids, they're going to be left with just three mana in play, which is not enough to cast their Dragon Lord Tarka, by far. To me, the only thing this thing really has going for it is turn four. And that, that's like one of the more important things about this card, though, is because... Yeah, it is. Because you played Standard when Mutilate was in Standard the previous time, which was, what, three years ago? Yeah, but Mutilate was played because it was needed. There was no other option. Like, and that was the only reason that Mutilate saw play was because there was literally no other option for that. But is Mutilate a bad card? Um... It's 70% if they turn to the right yes. now, it would be too good because we have Urborg. Okay, yeah, true. Um, but without Urborg, it's 70%, it's 70% of the time not a good card. 30% of the time, it, it is good. It's this is essentially the same as what your quote-unquote ideal turn for a Mutilate was, which Mutilate was the same card except it was one. It was still two black and two, but neg X, neg X were X's swamp you control. Yeah. I just feel like this card, people are just say, like throwing away. It's like, oh, we have Crux, whatever. 
but I feel like it does play an important can play an important role in standard. It could even uh, right now. Week one. Whether it's main deck one or sideboard to slow down the aggressive decks and the devotion decks. Yeah, week one of the new standard, you know, once some rotations and shit happen, yeah, always aggro. play these, just play them. Because yeah, of the aggro, always gonna because be aggro. you're going to want this on turn four. So so long as you have Siege Rhinos or Tassigers or Dragonlord Atarka or Dragonlord... Uh, I just want to survive the red deck. Yep. How about that reasoning? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what else <laughs> I have. How about that reasoning? And then Which two weeks later, I take them yep. out. Because the red deck's post-rotation, even. They're keeping their Swiss Spears. They're keeping their Zergo. They're keeping their Lightning Berserker. They're keeping their Dragon Fodder. Keeping Whirling Outburst. Keeping you, Tarka's Command. You, you black decks, you're losing Bile Blight and Drown in Sorrow. Uh-huh. Your two biggest cards against that deck. Yep. But this you have this. will be better against it. So that, that much I'll give you. Um, yep. The Origins game day play mat, uh, I believe that's Nissa on the cover. Yeah, but it's probably some other spell they haven't spoiled yet. Yeah. Nissa's on the cover, but it's not her actual artwork. Yes. It looks like she's pulling a leaf sword out of some tree roots. Yeah, yeah. We'll go with that's what she's doing. She's turning tree roots into a sword. She is. Oh my god. Becky, look right. at her butt. <laughs> look at her roots. Oh my god. <laughs> if you don't get that reference, you're, go, you're not old like stop me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get that Angelo, reference, you're not old. Do you like big butts? I, I can't deny. <laughs> so our mechanics, uh, section here, uh, I'm gonna try and get Frank on next week to go over these more in depth with us, but we're gonna quickly go over them and... Luckily not- they should be too complicated. They shouldn't be too complicated. They should actually be very easy, but we always have a couple questions for good old Frank. So We had more last uh, last time than I expected. Well, I mean, we have double place Planeswalkers, and things get exiled and come back as the other side, and I have questions for that, but... Uh, the way this works is, you know, like, they have Liliana here who, you know, if you've had... Who's the first one spoiled? Yeah. Uh, so... What happens is with these things, they're all going to have something that says, hey, if this happens, flip this card over. Exile it. Exile it. Return to the battlefield face down. Yep. As, and because there's no backs on the card, it's not going to be a 2 to a cardless morph. It's going to be the other side of the Planeswalker, which in this case is Liana Defiant Necromancer. Yeah, for you people that are afraid of damaging your cards, the checklists are Double sleeves. Ah, the checklists are back. Yeah, they are. So you chose to shuffle it, trust me. Which, spoiler alert, with these checklists, there are only five double-based cards in this set, and they are the Planeswalkers. Yes, and they actually have a picture of each of them. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to see exactly what you're talking about. So I do enjoy that. That's cool. And the way the checklists work, there is me five... Of each of the planeswalkers up and down on here with a little bubble next to it. Take something like a Sharpie and color in that circle for whichever one it is, and you have to have the actual double-faced planeswalker in order to use these. Yes. Uh, you can't just put this in and be like, I got a guy on. And if you if you want to use a pen, be careful, because if you do it too hard, it's going to show through and is going to be a marked card. Mm-hmm. So true. But... I mean, honestly, uh, what I did with these things, because I never like using them, I don't like writing on cards. Did you just write the creature's name on there? Um, a lot of times, uh, what I would do rather than, you know, do any of that is I would actually take a small piece of tape <laughs> with a dot drawn on it and put okay. it over the, uh, the dot that was on there so I could pull that off and use, and not damage my planeswalker, or not damage my, uh, Marker card, your uh, my, yeah, my checklist. Yeah, I'm really some, some or or like how some people color everything but the card they want. Yeah, make it all black. Uh, so, but if you're drafting, yeah, like, 
And this if is you're drafting, people are going to know. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the way it is. People are going to know. You're not going to be able to hide it. If you're drafting online, nobody knows. Hey, if you're quick enough and you see it, don't, like, automatically slam it on the table like most people do because this doesn't have a back. Slide it under already cards you already have. Yeah, if you get like, in a Like, when you draft, when you take not. out your basic land, the non-foil based land and the tip card, put it under those. You can't. Well, no, because you're allowed to keep the non-foil basic and the tip. It's not supposed to be in your card pile. Yeah. Uh, Fine. Yeah. Put it under your... Well, you're supposed you know, to discard them. Pack one, pick one, you're screwed. People are going to know you have it. Yep, it just is what it is. Uh, just go, <laughs> all right. And, you know, it, it's not like it's that big of a deal. <laughs> you're like, I got a Kytheon. Fuck well, you, that's fuck probably the, fuck one you, of the better fuck ones. You, fuck get. you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just you look do, at this. Probably do not want to open pick. up Nissa in draft. Probably not. Uh, I don't know. I think in draft she's pretty good. Well, the creature side, yeah, but it's going to be hard to flip her. True. Uh, so the other thing we have going on is Renown, and what that is is it can be Renown 1, 2, 7, 9, 50, it, you know, doesn't matter. Renown X. Yes. The creature it, will have a number next to the word Renown on it when it deals damage to a player. With the, first time, the first time. The first time. The first time. Yeah, it's not Whether every- that is to your opponent, or somehow they redirected that combat damage to you. It will get however many counters it says next to Renown, and it has become Renowned. Even if the counters are removed, it stays Renowned. It yep. cannot get more through that ability. Aww. So, that's the way that works, uh, is what it is, and that is going to be our Renounding. Which is banned. There's Renown also like- other ways of making things Renowned. Uh, there's an instant that can give a plus one, plus one counter. It's called uh, Shrouding Mist. That is incorrect, Angelo. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Star creature gets plus one, plus one, so on the turn, if it's renowned, untap, untap it. it. Yeah, it creates other things if it's renowned, I'm sorry. And prevent all damage that will be dealt to that creature. Yeah, uh, and the next one we're going to have is Spell Mastery. Which is a cool mechanic. Yeah, it basically but, uh, says if you have two instant or sorcery cards in your graveyard, hard. this becomes stronger. Yep, whether it's new effects or additional effects onto what it already does. Yeah, the spell the either of, becomes cheaper, it becomes stronger, something happens. And in the case so, of yeah. Send to Sleep, which is a one in a blue instant which says tap up to two target creatures, if there are two or more instant or sorcery cards in your graveyard, they do not untap or in the control is untap, next untap step. Yep. So, then as, then as. And like Fiery Impulse, it's... Either. Fire Impulse turns out to a creature shock to a creature bolt. Yep, and it's like, oh, I got a shock. Nope, it's a bolt. Hooray. It only gets better later in the game. Everyone's happy about that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, they can't go to the face. Oh, no. Can't go to the face. They're not going to give us bolts. Even if, like, they probably originally had this sorcery target creature or player, and then they're like, no, instant just creature. You know, the funny thing is, and... 90% of your limited games, and, and I look at this as a limited game, as a limited card. I mean, That's the way a lot some of stuff standard player, but like 90% of your limited play, the game is decided on the board. It's not decided by throwing shit at people's faces. So, unless you draft four hot hands, which for those of you who don't know what that is, it's Sarkon's Rage. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I've, I've drafted the four Lightning Axe deck or Lava Axe. Lava Axe, yeah. Huh. Sorry. <laughs> Those Catch. Are really fun. Yeah, I hey, look, had a draft deck. I got, I got six lava acts in this draft deck. What's my game plan? Throw out a whole bunch of small dudes, chump block, lava act, yeah, lava act, lava acts. One draft of the deck was seven of them. And I was oh. just like, meh? Because <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to take those because they think it's bad. And you're just like, okay, throw seven at your face. Oh, they're terrible. <laughs> I'm not gonna... They're not that bad. I'm not going to say that they're terrible. Depending on how much aggro you have, it is a fine part. They're terrible. Hey. I'm not going to defend it. It's a bad card. <laughs> well, you played a deck with seven of them. Because when you draft... Okay, look. I go on these binges where I draft... You know, if I like a set, I'll draft the set, you know, 80 times. Um, and when you get to about draft 40 or 50, you really start looking for off-the-wall things to do. <laughs> wow, that took you a while to get to that off-the-wall. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Because I want to do like five to ten with every uh, okay every archetype, including mono. Uh, if if it's viable and actual possible, like it's not something I push for. Uh, yep. But I try to do you know a few of every archetype, and then once I do a few of every archetype, and I get a feel for how they play out, then I go, all right, let's get stupid. <laughs> and you know that's when I start drafting Obelisk of Erd. Hey, I, I I've done that whenever my draft starts out. It's like, well, here's a crappy pack one. I'll take this. Oh look, an even crappier pack. Uh. Yeah, like the God Slayer decks and shit. Like, I'm gonna draft <laughs> God Slayer. Why? I don't know. <laughs> every other card in that pack's better than that rare. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, Menace! Moving on to mechanics. Yes, Menace. <laughs> for this set. Next mechanic is Menace, or as some of you might know, the Goblin War Drums effect. Yes, the way Menace is worded. As Pyreheart Wolf effect. Yes, Depending that on is me. Started playing. I am the Pyreheart Wolf. Yeah, I understand but, War Drums. <laughs> Menace, the way it is worded is, when this creature, this creature cannot be blocked except by two or more creatures. That's that's pretty simple and straightforward. Yep, makes sense for everybody. Yep. Okay. Uh, However, if there are two creatures blocking, and one is removed, whether through removal or something like first strike. The other creature is still considered blocking it, and damage is dealt that way. Yeah. Once blockers are declared, it's too late to remove one. To two save. have already been declared blocking it. Doesn't matter if yeah. there's only one at damage; it has still been declared blocking. Right. Uh, Next one's prowess. Do we have to explain? Um, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I say whenever you cast a non-creature spell, the creature with prowess gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Yeah, I wasn't even going to say that much. I was going to say prowess. Yes, just in the last set. Shut up. <laughs> uh, scry. Uh, again, Do we, shut up. We, we have Scrylands and Standard, so if you're not playing Standard or don't know what Standard is, well, welcome to Magic. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you're listening to us to start, but <laughs> we'll, we'll lead you down. Thank you anyway. Maybe. But Scry, basically, it's like you cast a we'll spell. You a path. We'll lead you down a path. Definitely a path. Whether it's to exile, a journey to nowhere, a door that leads to nothingness. Oh, door to nothingness. Shut up, Mike. You're going to send me on another tangent. I think I drank too much. <laughs> okay, so that does it for our mechanics. Okay, so now we have packaging, if I could ever find it in this fucking... Packaging looks cool. The packs are all black with the planeswalkers on them. Right, and uh, there's... There's a class pack with nothing revealed yet. Right, we have... This Wednesday, there. so probably, if you're listening to this on Thursday, the day before, that stuff was spoiled. Yeah, we missed it. Sorry, we record on So, Thursdays. Wednesday the 25th, June 25th, they will announce the uh, two cover cards for the class pack. And once the full spoiler is out, which is what, in a week and a half... Is it Friday or the next week? I don't know. I don't think it's this week. It has to at least be next week. So, but after the full spoiler for this set is out, the full deck lists for the Clash packs will be announced. Yes, and for those buying intro packs, because, like, they still sell boxes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to get a Hyxis Prison Warden if you get white. You're going to get a blah, 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 High Arbiter if you choose blue. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here, here. These are arbitrarily long names that don't need to be on these cards. You get Alhamaret. Okay. Alhamaret. You get a Kothafed. Or Kothspin fed, or something like that. Kothspin fed? Yeah. <laughs> Soul Hoarder, <laughs> if you choose black. Uh, Pia and Kareen Nalar, if you choose parents. Uh, red, that's Chandra's parents, and you get, uh, Dwenin. 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 Wait, is that, is the W pronounced with a V? I have no fucking clue. Venin? I have no I'm pronouncing it with a V, just to make it sound fancy. I'm pronouncing it Dwenin. 
and will forever. So, you know, and if you want a fat pack, hey, there's Gideon. Hey, you need a deck builder's toolkit. Hey, there's a Gideon. And, you know, boxes and shit. And no, you're not guaranteed Gideon Planeswalker in those. No. They're just on the covers. If you get a pack with a Jace on it, you don't get a Jace. However, it does happen some amount of times. Yeah, some amount. Every time. And if you do get it, I feel bad for you. Dude, Jace is fucking terrible. I don't think he's that bad. Your card evaluation skills are lacking, sir. <laughs> what, always looting? <sighs> he's just sure is a zero good, two, but He's just not that good. Just say it with me. Okay, so it's the worst Jace printed thus far. Right, and there's already a Jace out that nobody plays. Well, I don't know if he'd be the worst Jace. Never mind, he's already better than the current Jace. Because I don't know if he is. is. <laughs> hey, he loots. The other one? Eh, he, you look at top two and mail one. It's not exactly drawing a card. No, it's not. So we have to move on to something uh, slightly more serious now. Uh, are you able to do anything serious right now, Angelo? Actually, I am. Um, so, okay. <clears throat> excuse me, get my news hat on. Uh, a couple weeks ago <laughs> in Charlotte, Brad Nelson, and we obviously wasn't on last week, so we was unable to cover this at the moment that it happened. But at one point during one of the matches, uh, Brad Nelson fetched. Round 11. Round 11. Uh, fetched with the Verdant Catacombs and somehow miraculously got a ghost quarter. For those who don't know what a Verdant Catacombs does, Verdant Catacombs will get you a swamp or a forest. I probably could have said and or because you can get an overgrown tomb, which is both. Yep. However, doesn't want to say anywhere on there you can get a ghost quarter. Well, and ghost quarter is just a non-basic land. No forest, no swamp. It is just a land. Right. So he grabs the ghost quarter. He plays his cards. He kind of puts his hand over the card, hiding the fact that he did this. It looks really shady. So I reached out to Brad Nelson, to SCG, to Cedric Phillips, and to Patrick Sullivan. Just asking for a comment, asking for, you know, can, would you like to go on the record and explain me what he did? Any statement to us. Because I know that he went ahead and he tweeted something right away after it happened. Um, Thank you for not pitchforking me. Yeah, but, uh, see, I like this. Look, if any of you pay attention to politics at all, there's a trick in politics. When you do something bad, you get in front of the story. And if you get in front of the story, the damage is usually mitigated. This is a very old political trick. He could have very easily been doing that. He also very easily could have went in there and just grabbed the wrong land. There might have been forest and then yes. this border. He might have just grabbed the wrong land. Because I've tried looking at the GIF, but every time because of the GIF people have zoomed in, it takes away from the view of his library as he's shuffling through it. So, I mean, I, I don't know for sure what exactly happened here. I know that that ghost quarter ended up playing a major role in that game. Uh, so, like, there is a possibility of some shadiness. People have accused him in the past of this, of being shady, just because, like, you know, he goes to the bathroom a lot while he's on camera, which, you know, obviously... I mean, he does drink every time you see him on camera in a match, he has a drink with him. He does. And, and that, so, that's a fair defense. Look, if a dude really has yeah. to go to the bathroom, he really has to go to the bathroom. I mean, he's a bigger guy, and he's always drinking some sort of fluid as he's playing throughout the entire day. Mm-hmm. And also, it's also kind of a smart thing, if, if you're in the feature match area and you just had a very long, stressful game, you're allowed to step away from the table. Yeah, you are. Uh, the one thing that I really wish uh, the judges would make him do is just hand him the phone. Yeah. You know, that that would literally take away all possible suspicions from that situation if he said, hey, I need to go to the bathroom, here's my phone. Because mm-hmm. then they know that he's not on Twitch. You know, as some people, or like if you're in the feature, ma- or if you're in the feature match area, force you to keep your phone out of your pocket and on the table, face down, so that way there is zero chance of you looking at that phone. Yeah, it's just you know, it, this has been a common accusation that is put on him for a while now because he does go to that restroom a lot when he's on camera. Is that you know, 
dude, I mean, like, you can go and look things up on your phone. And But it's always part, between games, too. It's never in-game. It is, but at the same time, I don't know how the timing thing works on that. I don't know if, because he asked for a Normally, it's on a thing. little bit of a delay, but the way SCG has been running theirs, it's on the minimals of delay, and that's just because of the delay between it capturing it on camera and it streaming it online, which is like no, maybe that's 10 not what seconds. I'm talking about. I'm more talking about along the lines of do they give an extension to the players because that dude had to piss. Yes, they nor- they okay. tend to for restroom breaks. Yeah, I, I'm not. I wasn't sure of that because I've never taken a restroom break during yes. the middle of a match. And yes, judges give time extensions for restroom breaks because that would be a lot. That would be very unfair to you know you played one game one and then you went and dropped the deuce for after minutes. twenty minutes. Right, and then go to the bathroom five, come <laughs> back and then play one game and go to time in that one game. No, they give a time extension. Okay, that's cool. So, uh, but again, you know, there's no hard truth or fact on either side of it, whether he is cheating or not. The only problem is at this point, when you look back over, you know, realistically, like three years ago, he was not playing good magic. And well, three years ago is when he, it was like, what, four years ago, I think, when he started playing good again. It was like four or five years ago. He well, because four years ago was Innistrad, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, probably. Because I know, yeah, because Innistrad was when he started getting good again. Okay. There was a few years there where he was not playing well after he won the uh, Player of the Year. Yeah, and that was in 2010? Something like that. Uh, where he had like two years where he just did not play well, and then he started, then he came back, and he, you know, he With left the Fireball. And started promoting SCG, hopped his, on board then. His fucking results went in the tank as soon as he went to SCG, and... In recent years, he's got himself back to the point where he's basically the best constructed player in Magic right now. Best well, standard player. Well, I mean, he's I wouldn't say good finishes best mod- in Modern as well. I'd say best Modern player's got to be Patrick Dillon. Okay, fair. I'll, I'll give you that, but I'm saying constructed in general. Uh, yeah. He's doing he extremely well in Modern. He's doing great in Standard. Like, that's absurd. Like, he's probably the best standard player in Magic. Yeah, I don't know. Over the last four years. I wouldn't call him a legacy uh, master, but I don't think no, anybody... No, he's even admitted legacy is not his wheelhouse. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody who has a better constructed uh, uh, resume over the last uh, four years. Win percentage over the last uh, two years than Brad Nelson. Owen Certainwell might be up there. In pure constructed matches. Owen could be. Uh, but because he goes 11-4 and four a lot at GDs. He does, and he does better at legacy events. Yeah. So, but, you know... The, <sighs> Stop sidetracking. <laughs> <laughs> I literally lost my train of thought. So... You know, whether he did it or not, that's right. Whether he did it or not, we don't know. Or not. We know that he has gotten better in recent years, and mm-hmm. we do know that all of a sudden a, a resume is beginning to form. And mm-hmm. while at this point I'm not willing to call him a cheater yet, I will say that my eyes are going to be watching him a lot closer than they ever have in the past, and that's yep. a shame because we've just gone through so much cheating in the last few years by top name players, and it's really, mm-hmm. it's really, really sad. So I hope that, you know, that was just an honest mistake and he ain't going to make mistakes mm-hmm. like that again, but for fuck's sake. Because I know there, there's been games I've played, whether it's at local FNM or like an IQ. And for us, sure, that's not a big event for some pro players, but like for the people who just go to their LGS, don't really go travel to SCG events. Those are our big, quote unquote, SCG level events. Well, shit, just think and of how many times you've gone to any event and been like... Any event, and then a few turns go by, and you're like, wait, I cast this without having the correct colored mana. And it's like four turns later, you can't fix that board state. Hell, not even that. Just think how many times you've gone turn one, and you're sitting there looking at your cards, and you go, I'm going to play that swamp. 
and you put down I have like to play that creature, and then you play a mountain and go, "What the fuck did I do that for?" <laughs> <laughs> or you play, it's like, "I'll oh, play this land," and then you sit there in the tank for like thirty seconds, and your opponent's like, "That's a bone splinters. That's not a land." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it happens. So, I mean, I'm still willing to give him somewhat of the benefit of the doubt. I'm just saying that you know, at this point, he's need to clean it up because people are yep. watching him now. Now, who knows? SCG might have their plans on making their own statement, which is why they might not have wanted to comment yet. I mean, granted, it's been a week since this incident happened, but they might want to, you know, try to get all the information together and probably their speech worked out. The only thing I can think of at this point is either they are trying to sweep it under the rug and ignore it, or there is is an investigation going on because of it, and that's why nobody's... I mean, I'm assuming there probably has to be an investigation when something like this with proof happens. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure since it's been a week and... We normally investigations take anywhere like with like actual result about bannings normally about a week and a half two weeks. I've so, seen them take a month. Yeah, but for something like this, I don't think it'd be that long of an investigation. Because I mean, when you look at the shuffling incidents the past year, those took like what a week. Yeah, but I think this is something that you. I think there's follow up interviews to this one. Okay. Because I think you're gonna have to get multiple judges talking to him and mm-hmm. getting a feel for whether he's being genuine or not. You know, making sure he doesn't change his story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is a nice guy. So, like, outside of the game, if you ever talk to this guy, <coughs> he's one of the nicest guys you will talk to. Now, yeah. that's not a defense saying he can't, you know, do something malicious like this with intent. I'm not saying he did do it maliciously with intent, but... It just don't look good. Let's just leave it no, right there. It and, does not. Uh, move on. We do have a question this week, which we're going to get into right now. This is our topic. Uh, and this comes from... What the hell was his name? You got the show notes up? Yep, okay. it comes from Alan Michael Hodge. Okay. FNM rounds. FNM RDS have a different threshold for amount compared to GPs, and should it be fun or testing grounds for your competitive deck? Okay, as far as the rounds things go, I'm going to go with a flat no. Uh, nope. If eight players show up, one person is undefeated at the end. If six players show up, one person is undefeated at the end. I know some people are clamoring to get more rounds in when they go to an FNM, but if you talk to most store owners, they don't want it. Yeah, like and- there is a set, like, Technically, you can say round numbers are different than GPs because there's going to be hundreds, if at least thousands of people at GPs versus you're anywhere from 8 to 18 players at FNM. Well, the thing is, it's completely based. I mean, they have a breakdown on numbers. It's like 8 yeah. players is 3 rounds. Anything under yeah. 16 to, is, or 9 to 16 is 4 rounds. Uh, 17 to 32 is 5 rounds. 23 to 64 is 6 rounds. 65 to 128 is 7 rounds. 129 to 226 is 8 rounds. 227 to 409 is 9 rounds. And 410 plus is 10 rounds, unless it's a 2-day event. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, they don't really have a choice. And the reason they these numbers break down the way they do is because if you hit that top number on every one of those, 8, 16, 32, 64, that leaves one person possibly undefeated at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that proves if you don't have a top eight, they're the winner. that proves a winner. So that is, you know, it's a legit one person is undefeated, one person wins. So that, that's why these break down the way they do, and I think they should just stick to it. I mean, yep. no store owner wants to keep his store open for five rounds if he has eight players. Doesn't the mind issue it. with that is, actually, you can't even, there's been issues with my LGS where there's been winner boxes slated, okay, it's going to be four rounds. Well, only six people show up. You can't have more than three rounds because people can't play players they already have. Yeah. Nobody, and if you, you have know. too many rounds for a number of players, you can't even start the next round because the system will say, no, we can't start a next round. These players have already all played each other. There's no way it works. Yeah. And to finish my thought, <laughs> at the same time, you know, while they, you know, don't want to keep it open for five rounds for eight people, they have no problem 
them and 31 people were in their store oh, buying yeah. soda pop and, and buying fucking candy and everything else off of them to keep the store open for an extra two rounds. They have no mm. problem with that because there's financial incentive for them to keep it open. Um, you know, on an eight person tournament or, you know, hell, even like a 10 person tournament, like they want to get that over because they, mm-hmm. they're just not getting the heads in there that financially makes it worth it to keep the lights on. But when you start getting up to five rounds, when you have over 17 people, then you look and go, all right, each person here is going to buy two to three drinks during those five rounds. Like I, that's yep. a gimme. Everybody here is probably going to buy something to eat, you know, whether and by something to eat, I mean, whether like you order pizza chips, or we have snacks, yeah, a bag of chips, M M&M, and M something you're going to order for, you know, you're going to get it from the store. There. So, okay, cool. You know, and people are probably going to be buying deck boxes, sleeves, yeah. actual cards they need, packs. Yeah, you can figure, you know, maybe a quarter of them is going to buy that type of stuff off of you. And so that makes it financially viable and worth it for them to keep it open. So you don't want to arbitrarily just create more rounds to create more rounds. Um, I know a lot of store owners would lose their minds. I know some of them who are just fine with leaving the store open all night. You know, they don't care. Mm-hmm. Eight people, you guys want to play cards for the next fucking 12 hours? Go ahead. Um, my old LGS, I, the owner went upstairs. He went to bed. Mm-hmm. And he left uh, me or another person in charge. That he trusted. That he yep. trusted. And he said, you lock the door when you leave. I fucking just make sure no one steals anything off me. You know, if somebody buys something, collect the money and just lock the door when you leave and set the alarm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, if you have a store owner like that, it doesn't care how late you're in there. Especially <laughs> you know? because he's right upstairs, so if something fishy oh. goes on, you'll probably hear it. Especially because he's sleeping and just doesn't care. <laughs> you know, his day's <laughs> over. It's not like he extended yep. his day, but if you've been open since noon and you're, you know, the person running the shop, you don't want to be there until four in the morning unless you are making money doing it. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good reason for, you know, why they shouldn't really change that. Okay, as for the second part of the question, should it be fun or should it be competitive at an F&M? Um, look, we know Wizards wants it to be fun. And in an ideal world, it would be fun. Here's the problem. My idea of fun and your idea of fun is going to be different. And realistically, every store that you go to, because I've been to stores where it's fun. It's horrendous mm-hmm. magic. I hate to break it to you. It's just horrible. Like, no, I mean, the play is terrible and you just, you walk in, you have a decent deck and you crush everything. Um, that's the downside of fun. Even though, you know, hey, it's fun to some people. Mm-hmm. Uh but every store on their own, unconsciously, makes this decision. Like, you know, when a couple guys start showing up with tiered decks, everyone else steps up their game. And they start yep. playing with tiered decks. If nobody shows up with the tiered decks, they nobody brings tiered decks. And everyone brings these goof-around decks that they play on their kitchen counter. Uh It's... You know, do I think it should be one way or the other? I think, look, do I want it to be a perfect testing ground for a GP? No. But no, realistically... It, it can be. It can be, but realistically, like, if you look around, um, I know a lot of people who go to my LGS, I wouldn't want as testing partners. So, yeah. <laughs> it's not really a <laughs> testing ground for your uh, GPs. So, it, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, it is a competitive form of magic, and anytime you put prizes on the line, people are going to try to win. There's no other way around that. <laughs> you have anything to add there, Mike? I, I, I kind of do. Like, I don't think, in the very rare corner cases, your FNM can be testing grounds for your competitive, competitive deck, but FNM 90% of the time is just going to be strictly for fun. Now, the difference is, like, it's a bit of a kicker. People have different evaluations of what is fun to play. Yeah. It might, people might be playing competitive decks, but they're having fun playing competitive decks. Right. Like, now, I, is my it the idea best of fun. for a tournament? No. Yeah, my idea of fun has counter spells in it. People say that's not fun. It, it's not. I'd rather have you use a removal spell, because yeah. at least my spell resolves. Yeah, see, I'd rather have the counter spell. That's my idea of fun. You're saying yes, but instead of no. 
I'm saying yes, but because uh, that's my idea of fun. My idea of fun is different than your idea of fun. So counter for, spells are no, removal spells are yes, but it does. I, I want to say land destruction, everything. You know, <laughs> I, you never get to play cards because I've destroyed all your lands. That's fun. <laughs> it's that. That's just it. Like once you start dictating what is fun to everybody else, F is for friends who do stuff together. Then, well, you can't dictate fun to people because I mean, look, some people <sighs> like to go fishing. You drop a reference. I'm sad. I, I just let it go. No! I just let it go. You know, some people like to go fishing, while other people hate fishing. Some people like to watch football, while other people hate football. So Other people like watching basketball. Others can't stand professional sports at all. Right. So, I mean, who are you? And, and you know, I'm not directing it directly towards Mr. Hodger. Um, no, you staring at yourself in the mirror right now, rubbing yeah. jelly on yourself? We're talking about you. Yeah. Who are you, dude in the mirror with the jelly? It, with the boots, with the, all the petroleum jelly in it, and walking watch, around. Watch its will right now. You know, uh, but, you know, <laughs> no person can dictate to other people what is fun. Like, I can tell you what my opinion of fun is, but that doesn't mean That's that when I sit you down. Right, it's a personal opinion thing. When I sit you down and say, fuck you, run those counter spells, they're fucking fun. Doesn't mean you're going to have the same level of fun from playing a stasis nope. lock deck that I do. You know, to no. me, it's hilarious. Like, I watch... I, I get Some to people there. love playing the control decks who either slowly mill you out or wait for you to deck yourself and don't have an actual win condition in their deck. Oh, those are wonderful. Yeah, and while they can mill with their Napoleon Ground Yard, instead to draw cards instead of milling you and getting the game done quicker. Yeah. yeah. When they use other Elixir people, of Immortality to beat you. <laughs> other people's idea of fun is uh, cast a creature with haze, hit you, cast two more creatures with haze, hit you, burn, burn, burn. Okay, well, game two. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're like, is not I play three lands and one creature. Yeah, legitimately, like the burn decks that are floating around on like modern and like a Targa Red, to me, not fun. Just not fun they're, at all. To me, they're they're non-interactive. They're just one person burn, is playing cards and the other person is not. Burn would be more fun for me than a Targa Red because burn actually, you have to sequence your spells properly. It's not as easy as a deck of play as people think it is. No, I know that, but it, to me, at the same time, you do. But as the person, people think, oh, you just play burn spells their face. Yeah, but as the person sitting across the table. I'm not getting any interaction out of that game. No, however, if you're playing competitively, which it also kind of ties in there, it forces you to learn how to quote-unquote have fun and win when decks like that exist, which you don't have fun playing against. Yeah, well, when you're, you have a Dragon's Claw or a Leyline of Sanctity against that deck, you feel like you're having a blast. Look, man, when you're playing competitively, and I'm probably the wrong person to, to give any advice as far as the fun level goes, but when you're playing competitively, <laughs> there's only one time you're having fun, and that's when you're and That's when you're winning. When you're losing, I don't give a flying <laughs> fuck, it's not fun. Hey, I have fun whenever I, whenever we're both in a very grindy game where it can tip either way, and we're both hellbent, those type of games are real fun to me, regardless if I win or lose. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I've I've lost games in the past in tournaments where I was like, God damn, that was a really good game. Yeah, but it's a good game fun. of Magic, that is fun, no matter if you win or lose. <laughs> in the end, to me, it was like, that was a good game, and it would have been because great to watch, fun. but it wasn't fun to me because I lost. You know, like, if a game's not close, it's never fun. No. Dude, I'm telling you right now, if I'm in the Especially top... when you play against eggs and lose uh, zero, uh, you lose game one, and then you go into time while sideboarding. Look, if I'm in the top eight of a GP, and I beat you on turn zero, I don't care. I had just <laughs> as much fun in that game as I would a game that we got 40 cards deep into our libraries and I won. Okay? It's just, yep. I mean, I, if I win, I'm having fun. If I lose, I'm not. I also don't mind when I'm playing against, like, a deck that's, like, not really out there, like, at FNM, like, for standard. Playing against a unique, like, take on either Tier 1 decks or, like, the, uh, at the one GP, there was the, uh, Strength of the Fallen deck. Yeah. 
That's a take on the Constellation deck. Mm-hmm. If I lost that versus a regular Constellation deck, I'd rather lose the Strength of the Fallen deck because it's not the conventional deck. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good point. Like, don't get me wrong, that when you lose to, you know, the Ojatai deck yeah. for the 17th time. Or, oh look, he top decked his last Siege Rhino and I'm at two. Yeah, or you lose to Abzan for the 50th time, you know, in the past eight months or whatever. I mean, Versus yeah, if you lose to a Chromanticore. Yeah, at that point you're like, holy shit, I lost to a Chromanticore. Yeah, it's a little easier to take losing to that mm-hmm. Chromanticore because you wasn't prepared for it than the Abzan deck that you've been playing for months and just can't be. And been prepared for but they just happened to draw back. Right, it's like they went... Good example, okay, I'm watching Providence, okay, and Abzan is a good matchup for Marty Dragons. It really is, like, I've never... Yeah, they don't have many grounds. They don't have flyers. Yeah, I've never lost to Abzan. Um, however, I've seen ways where he can, and I'm sitting there watching this game, and I think it was a winning in, actually. It might have been, like, round 13 or 14. And this poor guy, he's playing Marty Dragons, and the dude rips three L's pissed off the top. One after <laughs> another, and it's like, you can't win that. I, I don't care what you do, you cannot win that, and... Downfall, Storm Breath, okay, I'm in the clear, L's it. Yeah, yeah, like, he got rid of two of them. That's the worst part. He killed two fucking L's pissed. Yeah, that's the worst part when you think you've dealt with all of them, all the copies. Yeah, like, you can't I was possibly draw another event. one. Off I was the an SG that dealt with four Siege Rhinos in a game. Countered one, killed three. Am I okay? I'm in the clear. <laughs> wait, is, is that a Nyx Weaver? <laughs> wait, what? You were, oh, you're getting back to Siege Rhino number five? Fuck. Yeah. I mean, th- th- those games happen. Yep. I mean, but, you know, that's one of those things. I don't know. Like, to me, look. Have fun. Magic should just be fun. Play the deck that you have fun playing, and don't beat yourself up when you lose to the deck. I don't care if you've lost to it for years. Yeah. If if you like magic and love playing magic, don't get discouraged because of one deck or one person at your LGS or one person just in general. And if you're at F it's not a GP. No. Um, I, you know that's the first thing that needs to come off. And it's more of a social thing. So mm-hmm. if and depending on your OGS, it could be a way to get better if you're not as good as, let's say, like the top five players at your uh, OGS. Yeah, but even if you go into a store where you know there are those top five and you're not one of them, it's a social thing. Like your fun at an F and M most of the time should be just getting together with your friends to play Magic. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there are some stores out there to get thirty to forty players at an F and M. That's insane. But for the normal store that gets you know between eight and eight to twenty. Yeah, then, yeah, 8 to 20 is probably your normal store. If you're in one of those stores, you should just be happy to be getting out on a Friday night and hanging out with your friends. And that that's really where your fun should come from. And then playing the game, you know, that's just thrown on top of it. You know, I, look, you can lose in, while playing Monopoly and still mm-hmm. have fun. <laughs> Monopolies have more, uh, Monopoly break more friends than Magic does. Not like Risk. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know, yeah. it is some games of Risk where there's people I've never talked to since. <laughs> Actual board games versus Magic. Actual board games are more dangerous to play with your friends than Magic. Yeah, proven. Fact. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and we will return in a moment. The Pit Ins Podcast is brought to you this week and every week by the Brainstorm Brewery. Okay, so we're back, and that was an ad for Brainstorm, and yay! So <laughs> Brainstorm, draw three cards, put two back, fetch, perfect Brainstorm. And then brew away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there? That was clever shit. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, uh, okay, we haven't been on here in two weeks, so, uh, what the hell are you up to, bro? Uh, last week and I attended a GP. Uh, you were there. I was. I remember. For a little bit. Fab there. She was for a little bit. She was. Um, other than that, just been working, playing, uh, my LGS's, uh, modern series for season one of it. 
uh, have been playing a lot of modern, really enjoying it. Um, playing, still playing Smite a lot. Playing, uh, Elder Scrolls Online 2 as well. How is that? Um, the first day I got it, I was going to return it. Ooh. Two hours later. Oh my. Because their servers weren't as big as they needed to be. So you would have to wait to log in, and because I had just gotten the game, I hadn't created a character. Twice it had crashed and kicked me out because I wasn't logged in and running around while I was making the character. And it was like a 20-minute wait time to re-log in. So I said, you know what, I'm returning this. And I uninstalled it from my Xbox and all, and I'm like, you know what, whatever, I have friends who play it, I'll reinstall it. If it doesn't work again tomorrow, I'll return it after that. I got it working eventually. It was just maybe, I think, that rough weekend, like the first week and a half, two weeks of the game being out. Yeah, everyone was on. Mm-hmm. People took days fine. off for that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the game's fun. The only annoying part is you have to choose one of three factions when you make a character. And if your friends choose one faction, you choose another. You cannot play with those friends unless you make a new character. Balls. Yep. Even though you can unlock the whole world map together with your friends, but because you are part of different packs and different factions, you cannot play together. I say balls. I feel like if you have the whole map unlocked, why does it matter what faction you're a part of? Uh, yeah. Apparently it matters. It does. I'm going to say it does because you say it does and they said it does, so it does. Well, they say it does. I don't agree with what they say, but I don't make the game. Yeah, but you said that they said, so in the end, I'm not wrong. Said she said bullshit. (laughs) But either way, yeah, but just went up to that stuff. Uh, Charlotte was fun. Uh, Couldn't last as long as I had hoped. Uh, I was out in round five. Awesome. Round five, and then went one and three after that. Way to go, Mike. Played three straight twin decks, rounds two, three, and four. And the two twin decks I lost to, I just could not draw my abrupt decays. I played uh, Obzon Company. I just could not draw my abrupt decays. There were four of them. But when I did win, I cast abrupt decays six times, thanks to Eternal Witness. You know what I got to say about that? What? Shuffle better. <laughs> I piled every game. Shuffle better. I Shuffle. I wasn't paying attention. They could have vetered me. I, I told not seven. Seven, man. But, uh, I told you that. Seven riffle shuffles yep. must be done for it to become true random. Well, I didn't riffle because it wasn't my deck, and there were a whole bunch of pretty foils in it. Oh, yeah, you can't do that. That's balls. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I would, but um, the thing that knocked me out was so heartbreaking. I'm playing against Affinity, and it's a good matchup for my deck, the way I have it built. And it's game three. He is on the play. He mulls the four. I keep an opening hand of Razor Verge Thicket, Plains, Anoffensive Kintree Spirit, uh, Kasali Pride Mage, Eternal Witness, Court of Calling, and Abrupt Decay. Okay. I draw a single land, game is automatically over. Okay. First two draws, Court of Calling, Court of Calling. Kitchen Finks, Scavenging Ooze, Night of the Reliquary, Viscerousier, scavenging I scoop them up and die. Not a single land, and only one castable creature. Huh. Yep. That seems like balls, dude. Yeah, you don't say. (laughs) (laughs) There were 23 lands in my deck. 21 of which I could draw. 
sometimes that's the way the Granted, game is. he did have a good he did have a good uh opening. He started with Blink Moth into Ornithopter Memnite, uh untapped played Darkfield Citadel and I believe it was Cranial Plating after that. Oh, that's bad. Then he the next two draws are in order uh was Springleaf Drum X Champion. Ouch. Uh yeah. sorry dude. Um I... <laughs> Yeah, like that's that was I mean it's variance in magic, but it was just so heartbreaking when I lose to a good matchup and they're on a mall to four on the play when I have a very, very good hand on the draw. That's alright man. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh Detroit. no, it happens. Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. We're, we're on for that. Me, you, and Jesse. Jesse exactly. We're all gonna we're exactly. gonna get our pro tour invite that time. Yes, we will. That's your ass. We will. You got a solid team there that you're playing with. You just gotta hold up. You, know, you just gotta play competently. Hey, Jesse and I have played some two headed giant fields. We got our teamwork down. I mean, we we we, we do gotta get together too. between the three of we us do. and do a couple of deck building exercises. I'll show you, know you how I do them down there because I've done them for a, a long time. <laughs> and when we were down in Charlotte, uh, Kyle and I, we went to go see Jurassic World Saturday night. Oh, okay. Very good movie. Okay. Very good. They, uh, Charlotte actually has this, uh, epicenter, it's called. Angelo, you know Times Square? Uh-huh. Or not Times Square, Station Square? Yes. Imagine that, three stories built up. Yeah, I mean, it was a mall with a theater in it, dude. It wasn't even that much of a mall. There were just a whole bunch of food places and then a theater that was also a bar, nightclub. Yeah, see, I don't know. Like, I thought Charlotte sucked. The theater was tight. You could order food while you're watching the movie. You can do that at Lowe's. Where at? Lowe's Theater in Pittsburgh. Oh. Down on the side. And uh, that's why. It won't go that far down. Fucking recliner the whole time, too. It's awesome. Yeah, we were doing that down there, too. Yeah. It's a nice theater. Um, but yeah, see me, dude, I mean, like, it, well, that's I don't know, you done down sun Friday night. Alright, well, you know, once you get done with your WhatsApp, I will go ahead and I will explain uh, what in the right spot. Our, uh, I think that wraps up our Charlotte trip, other than the fact that we had to come back very early Sunday morning due to, uh, flight issues, and also the fact that Kyle had to work Monday, so staying an extra day would have been an issue for getting home, because we had two other people who drove down so we could ride home, but him having to work was the issue. Uh, so we came back, uh, we came back Sunday morning, 7 a.m. flight, and I was able to attend a winner box at my OGF that day. Sweet for you. Did you win the box? No, because there was only six people, so there were three rounds. No, there were seven, because one person was said he was going to be late, so he got a round one buy, or not by round one buy, round one loss, but someone else got the buy. So oh, essentially, okay. there were two buys round one. The per Jesse ended up winning the box. Well, he split and then played for first to get the uh, series points. But he played. He got the free win in round one. Played the match in round two. Shook hands in round three to draw into top two and shook hands for the box. So he won half a box of Modern Masters two, playing one match of Magic. Holy fuck, dude! That's EV. <laughs> I mean, wow, that's good EV right yeah. there. Play one round, win a half a box of cards. Yep. It doesn't even have to be Modern Masters. It could be any set. That's pretty good yeah. fucking EV. Any set? 
Dude, it could have been fucking Fallen Empires. I still would have called it Good E V. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, one, one. Oh yeah, Kyle also decided to buy a pack of revised when we were down there. How do you do? Four basic lands. That's about it. Oh boy. There was a fireball and an unsummon, and then every basic land besides planes. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Fifty bucks down the drain. Yeah, back then. And I have this card because he's like, ah, I'm gonna throw them away. I'm like, eh, I'll keep the basics. Yeah, back then, you know, basics were just other cards. Yep. Like, they were just put in the pack willy-nilly like any common, and you didn't get one in every pack. Hey, hey. like that. Old lands like, old basics like that are always nice. They are. Uh, so yeah, that's cool. Um, so, uh, what are you up to? I've been up to a lot. Uh, some of it I can't talk about. Um, understandable. Shit kinda hit the fan, and... I'm assuming last week. Uh, yeah. Yep. Monday. Um, we get it, shit happens. Yeah, yeah, Things don't turn out like you want them to. Life. Yeah, it took a few days. I was indisposed, and, you know, now I'm able to do this again, so that's good. But, uh, hey. for those wondering, before I really get into what I'm doing, we're not going over the, uh, Jim Davis controversy on this show, and the reason we are not is because I am a man, I have a penis. Mike, you still have a penis? Last time I checked, which okay. was about before we started this cast, I had one. Okay, so we're both men. And I don't feel that it is the place of two men without a female voice to sit there and try to tell females. I can sound kind of feminine if I wanted to. You could. I don't think it's our place to sit there and try to tell females what they should or should not do without a female voice on here. So I'm just not going to touch that. Uh, Later this week, I am going to record an Imps Prison with... uh, Content editor of MPG Bro Deals and podcaster for Higher Standards, Mrs. Renee. And we are going to sit down and we are going to go into this more in depth. So look forward to that. It's going to be the first of the Ims Prison specials. Um, so that's going to be going on and that's going to be cool. Uh, and so, you got to play bad guy. Yeah, I do got to play. Well, bad. you got to play very masculine guy. I have to play alpha male. Yep. Which, you know, naturally I do kind of have that alpha male in me. You do, but you also have the understanding. I do. But you, but for sake of argument's sake, you kind of have to clear the understanding away. I do. Um, you need to, the thing is, a conversation needs to be started. And that's yes. obvious. And the conversation cannot be one-sided from females, and it cannot be one-sided from males. It, there is no, not going to be fair if both parties are, talk, are on the same page, like 100% yeah. in agreement. Yeah, you have to get... Because then there's no controversy. It's not even the controversy. It's just... No well, there's no do, argument. There has to be a compromise. It, like there, Everyone's not going to wake up tomorrow and be perfect feminists. Nope. Okay? It's just not going to happen. You might want it to happen. You may hate shame somebody on Twitter until... You there's even some females who don't want perfect feminists. Right. So it's kind of one of those, you know, you may want to make everyone that way. It's just not going to happen. People... Come from different can't regions. force people to change. Yeah, I mean, look, a guy who works in an office in Connecticut. I'm probably getting more into this than I should, but a guy <laughs> who works in an office in Connecticut who gets fucking sensitivity training once a month is going to have a different view on society than a farmer in Kansas. That's a fact. So you know that that's just the way it is, and. Me and Renee is going to go over this a lot more in depth, and we're going to really try to start a conversation in this, and we're going to try and start it the right way. So, that's that. Um, so how I, was your Charlotte trip? I did drive to Charlotte. Uh, 
me and the wife, we left uh, Friday night, got on the road, drove to Charlotte. Uh, fun drive. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a bad drive down. A um, couple uh, interesting moments, but for the most part, it was a good drive down. Uh, we had a couple rainstorms that we went through in West Virginia. And eh, it is what it is, you know. But we got down there in time, and I wanted to get into the 10 o'clock sealed, but when I got there, uh, both me and Barb were both starving. So we decided to eat. In the end, probably the right decision. <laughs> yes, right decision. Uh, and well, did, I, you get po- did you get food poisoning or end up in the bathroom for a half hour? No. Three times that day. Okay, then it was a good decision. Uh, so we, you know, I decided to eat, and then. You know, I got my, uh, my play mat, which, uh, I don't know when the last time I brought it up on here, but when I go to GPs with RK Post, I have a single play mat that I make him draw more on. Which you showed me, and it's very cool. Yeah, I mean, you should post a picture of it. I will, uh, I'll probably put one on the Facebook group. Um, he's been drawing on this thing literally since 2012. <laughs> so, Let's I hope he's at Pittsburgh. It's a, cool, and Detroit. It's a cool play mat. Uh, so, and I'm, I'm happy that he does this every time I go to a GP. You know, he does a quick doodle. I'm assuming he recognizes you with it? Yeah. Yeah, at this point. I was like, remember this? He's like, oh yes. He's like, give it to me, and he just started drawing, and it's like, alright, cool. But, uh, yeah, it's, every time he's at a GP, I make him draw on it, and I never, I don't even play with the thing. To me, at this point, it's, it's a piece of art. You know? It's essentially your, uh, like how they're doing the state, uh, Playmats, like whatever GP you go to, have the uh, state uh, playmat, like playmat for the city, or the alternate playmat. Yes, like that's based off of the city it's in. Yeah, he just it's your version of it. He just keeps drawing dragons on it, which I'm not going to argue with. Because <laughs> dragons, dragons and stuff. But yeah, it's <laughs> that's. I got him to draw some more on that. Uh, I got to hang out with Chewie and everybody for a little bit. I got to meet Chewie as well. He's a nice guy. Uh, got to, they, they brought me bacon in large quantities. Well, what is GP uh, bacon? Well, yeah, dude, I mean, like, that was awesome. I did not get to see Salsa. He, I don't think I got to meet up with him. I think I saw him a few times. It was, like, on the street, and he was walking to get food. Yeah, he went back to his... When I got there, he had just left to go do, to go pick some things up because he didn't play at the main event. And then he went back to his hotel and fell asleep. Which you did as well. Yeah, I went to your hotel and fell asleep. Yep. And I really didn't sleep that long. I only actually slept. Well, she slept like two hours. I slept for like a half an hour that I was there. Yeah, but you do have sleeping troubles, so. I do. Yeah, it's it's pretty common for me. I, I do not sleep well. So, you know, I, I got a quick half hour sleep. She got a couple hours sleep. You know, it was more for her than me. But, mm-hmm. you know, we needed some sleep. So we did that. And then uh, that's nice. I don't know, dude. I slept on the floor. Why? Because there were two beds in that room. There was, but your shit was on them, and I wasn't moving stuff. So we my just shit was on the floor. floor. Kyle's shit was on the bed. Okay, we just crashed on the floor, and it was like that, that'll work. Uh, so it, it did. It, I didn't care. I just needed a place to fucking put my head down. Uh, and then we went back over to the thing, and like I kept thinking about getting into tournaments, but I don't know. I probably would have played more if I wasn't with Barbara, because I mean because I didn't want. She had to... nothing to do. Yep. You know, she would have nothing to do, so I was trying to, you know, keep her entertained at the same time. And, you know, mostly I... I was trying to find you for one of those later, but you had left. Yeah. Mostly I just, I, I you know, 
I was there to meet people and hang out with people more than anything. And get bacon. And get bacon. Let's not kid each other. Uh, so <laughs> That's the real reason you drove seven and a half hours. Okay, so you'd think that it was seven and a half hours because well, like, that, you, yeah. when you punch it into Google, that's what it says. Yeah, but the, I mean, they're not including stops. At least another hour for stops. Yeah, they did not include stops whatsoever. I mean, no one's driving seven and a half hours without at least stopping for gas. Oh, my, uh, well, yeah, gas is mandatory. I mean, so like, you, it's definitely going to take longer than that. It ended up taking us actually close to ten, um, <sighs> but like. When we hit West Virginia, like I said, we hit some storms, and they were legitimately bad. And, like, I ended up actually pulling off the road and hanging out for half an hour in a fucking uh, rest area because, like, you just couldn't see. And it's like, well, this isn't safe to drive in, so let's just hang out over here. And, you know, we did, and that was fine. And then, you know, I got back. You were near a rest area. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, we hung out at the rest area and did what we had to do, and then we got back on the road, and then. You know, I'm the type of person that after about an hour to two hours of driving, I have to get out and just stretch my legs. So, you know, like every hour and a half to two hours, I was stopping at a rest stop, getting out, stretching my legs, you know, five minutes, ten minutes tops. But that all adds up, you know, over the course yep. of all night long. And a seven-hour drive turns into seven stops for at least an hour total because ten minutes each. Right, exactly. So it's like before we knew it, it was a ten-hour drive for us, which – I'm fine with. I don't care about a 10 hour drive. I stayed, I was actually in Charlotte for eight hours. Um, mm-hmm. which I know that's funny. 10 hour drive, stay in Charlotte for eight hours. <laughs> but <laughs> like, I just, I only planned on being there for a day anyway. Like I never planned on being there for Sunday and you planned on leaving that night anyway. I did. And I wanted to make sure that I was still safe to drive to get home. So. We, uh, you know, at about five o'clock, four thirty, quarter to five, something like that. Me and Barb just kind of looked at each other and was like, I've talked to everybody. I've walked around this hall a hundred times. I met, you know, quite a few people that I wanted to meet. Did you guys ever do that podcaster picture? Cause I never got, I never, uh, got no, up with them guys. They did later at night. They did a podcaster's dinner. Uh, and, I was not invited. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. If I was there, you would have been. Uh, yeah, that's true. But they, uh, they got the picture there. I was not a part of it because, you know, hey, I hate pictures. <laughs> I'm like, what would it be if I was there representing the pittance, but you're the host? Yeah, but, I mean, you still could have went and got the pizza. Mm. You know, who cares? So and I did have pizza that night anyway, so. Sweet. So, I mean, like, I didn't get to do that. And then I, I drive home. And here's the fucked up thing. Like, again, I've told you that I left Friday night, took 10 hours to get down there, got a half an hour of sleep while I was down there. Then I drove home, leaving at 5 o'clock from Charlotte, another 10 hours back, right? Mm-hmm. Well, on the way back, like, I had to so make... Roughly 3 a.m. Dude, I had to make more stops. Like, I had to make legit stops to wake myself up. Ugh. So, I make it, you know, through fucking the Carolinas, through Virginia, no problem. You know, I get up into West Virginia, it storms again, dude. Fucking storms yeah. in West Virginia. I'm like, this is unreal. So this slows me down. Plus, I'm, you know, making stops to try and keep myself awake, you know, taking beats. Um, did you just stand out in the rain for a little while? Yeah, did that, you know. It's <laughs> just like, holy fuck, I'm dead. So I make it all the way back to Swickley. I'm on, like, the, the bridge. And, like, if, for those who, you know, aren't familiar with Swickley, uh, Swickley is literally 20 minutes from my house. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> And I'm driving across the bridge, 
or it might have been right before it, but you know, I'm coming down to it. And you know, I'm I'm in tired mode, and I know that I'm going to get off the next exit, and I'm no, it's and no more highways. It's no more highways at that point. I'm going to go around the corner, and there's a uh, gas station down the road that I already planned on stopping at. Okay, so. Like, I was just going to fight the tire, and I'm, like, shaking my head, like, you know, rolling windows down, slapping myself, you know, doing what I can do to stay awake, and uh, I black out. Oof. Wake up, there's a car on both sides of me, and I've gone from 65 mile an hour down to 40. I just nodded off for, like, two seconds and jumped yep. back up. Luckily, because I was in the holy shit, I'm tired thing, I was at 10 and 2. Mm-hmm. And it was a straight stretch of road, so the car didn't drift. You know what I mean? That actually happened to me on my way back from uh, GP Cleveland. Oh, wow. Yeah. Kyle's it's... looking over. Kyle's looking over. He doesn't even realize I fell asleep for two seconds, and I, like, jolt back real quick. We had drifted, like, maybe a foot to the left, yeah, but, I, and I was in the far left lane. Yeah, I got lucky. I didn't drift at all, and, yep. I mean, like, this normally doesn't happen to me. I mean, I've driven – Longer hours and what have you, it just, it, it caught up to me that way. When it happened to me, I was so surprised. I wasn't even that tired and it happened. Oh, dude, I was dead. Like, I was... Yeah, I wasn't even that tired. I felt fine. All of a sudden, I find myself jolting my eyes up and drifting back and yanking the car back over a foot. Yeah, I actually pulled over uh, in northern West Virginia, probably about a half an hour uh, south of the PA line. Mm-hmm. And... Like, I got out, I went into this fucking gas station, bought two double shots of five-hour energy, Mm -hmm. slammed them both, worked out in their fucking parking lot, like two in the morning. I'm out there doing push-ups, fucking jumping jacks, just all kinds of calisthenics and shit to get my (laughs) blood moving and wake up, right? And, like, I left there and I was fine. So my next stop was going to be, you know, when I got to that gas station I was talking about. So I'm like, okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. So I get, I snap myself awake. I walk into that gas station, dude, and there's always cops in this particular gas station I'm talking about. And like, I'm so tired. I walk in and I look drunk. <laughs> okay. Like that, it was that bad. Like I was like stumbling. I was so tired. And like, I go to the bathroom, I take a piss. I come out, the cops are kind of looking at me and like, I'm looking around cause I, you know, I wanted to get some Advil mm-hmm. uh, just because like I'm always in pain <laughs> and I wanted to get some five-hour energy, so I walk this whole store looking for Advil. I'm like, motherfucker. And, you know, like, the cops are kind of looking at me, and, you know, I go mm-hmm. up to the counter, like, fuck it, I'll get the five-hour energy, you know. So I grab the five-hour energy. I look beside the door that I walked in to get in there, and there's the stand with, like, that type of shit. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So, you know, I walk over, I grab that, I grab the five-hour energy, and as soon as the cop kind of saw that, he was like, oh, okay. He's just tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and from there, I drove home. It was fine. Uh, got up the next morning, took care of what I had to take care of. Um, the following day, you know, shit hit the fan. Again, I was indisposed for a few days, couldn't really do anything, wasn't on social media. I basically disappeared. <clears throat> um, and then when I came back to uh, the real world, for some reason, like, I was catching up on all the E3 shit. Mm-hmm. And I saw that Final Fantasy VII is being remade, right? Yep. No actual release date for it yet, though. I, that doesn't matter. <laughs> and they did they did say they are changing some of the story. Yeah, and I found one of the things that they have to change. So, I, like, I got all hyped about this, and I busted yeah, out my PlayStation. Yeah, there's a lot of from it. 
Oh, dude, there's there's even worse than that. Um, I I bust out my PlayStation, hook it up, fucking start. I, I'm still jamming it like a little bit every day. Final Fantasy VII, old school, just fuck it, don't care. I'm pumped to be, you know, that this remake's coming. It's not the best Final Fantasy. I still think four is. It's the most like famous it's, Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's the one that. It was weird because like I played RPGs my whole life and mm-hmm. RPGs did not become popular to everybody until Final Fantasy VII. Yep. Before that, it was a niche thing. Like, you know, people who played Dragon Warrior, people looked that weird. Oh, it is his text. I love like, that. Yeah. I love that game, but people would look at you weird back in the day when you played that. So it was like, yeah, okay, you know, but cause it wasn't a fighting game. It wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. like all the other games that everyone played. But when Final Fantasy VII came out, the stigma changed. Yep. And so there's a lot of people that that's their first delve into RPGs and... And what got started, got them started on their nerd path. Right. So it has a sentimental... Who knows? It could have started magic for some people. It could have. I know to me, the one thing that's sentimental to me is like, I do like Cloud and Sephiroth. Mm -hmm. I think that Sephiroth is one of the the best villains they've ever come up with. Now, are you worried they might change Cloud's personality? Because his personality is different from Final Fantasy VII versus his current stuff from, like, uh, the movie or Kingdom Hearts. Uh, who knows? Because uh, people aren't sure which one they're going to go with. I would hope that they would go with the original Cloud. Mm-hmm. But who's Some to say? Pe- yeah, because they've done, like... More recent things that he's shown up in his yeah, personality, like Advent Children, and Advent Children, and the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, and I'm playing this right, and I'm going into the Shinra Tower. Okay, and I think <laughs> this is one of the things that must change. And when you go into the Shinra Building, there's two options: you can go in the front door, or you can go up the steps on the side of the building. Okay. You go in the front door. I mean, it's you're walking in the front door of the enemy, right? Yep. Shit's gonna hit the fan, you know, enemies everywhere. You go in there, you get your turtle paradise thing, and then you leave and you go up the steps. So, <laughs> I start going up the steps, and I get about halfway up the steps, and one of the characters, Tifa, looks at another one of the characters, Barrett, because he's complaining the whole way up these steps about, you know, how many steps are there? He's a big dude in the game. Um, he's like, how many steps are there? I can't make it the whole way. I'm just gonna turn around and go back. And she's like, it's gonna take you just as long to get down, blah, blah, blah. And at one point, she fucking says to him, Stop being a retard and just climb. <laughs> I'm quoting this verbatim, word for word. And like immediately I was like, wow, that will not be in the remake. <laughs> might, who knows if it'll even change to stop being a bitch. I, it might, I don't know. Like I was just like, holy shit. And you know, that kind of <laughs> made me remember like the shit you could get away with when I was a kid. Yeah, and, and nobody batted an eye at it. Like there was no. the social there justice. There were no was, underground dojo keyboard cage fighters. Yeah, the social justice thing was not that big of a deal. But uh, so like that cracked me up, and you know, just seeing the the discrepancy, the differences in literally twenty years. You mm-hmm. know, and probably a little less than that. But you know, that it's been about that, and it's like when did it come out? Ninety seven, I believe. Ninety seven. So it's been eighteen. Yeah, I think the next one's supposed to come out. They they haven't announced it, so they're probably going to do officially. Twentieth. Like yeah, but that's what they're. That's what all the like IGN and a couple of the other sites are speculating is uh, twenty seventeen. It'll come out. Yep. Which makes sense. I mean, like on the exact release date the original came out. Like, I don't know about that. They'll make it probably close to it. It'll probably be a Christmas release. 
you know, for Christmas the holidays. Christmas or Black Friday release. Yeah, for the holidays like it was back then, so it'll be close enough. Um, so yeah, I've been playing that, and um, I do have a little bit of news that wasn't worth covering in the main part because it's not magic related, but uh, I'm a podcaster. Yes, um, you are. Mike is a fledgling podcaster, but a podcaster nonetheless. Hey. I mean, he's just, he, he just hasn't been on my end of it where he has to do all the technical yeah. shit. He just makes my job hard because he keeps dropping <laughs> calls and I gotta keep patchworking <laughs> this shit together. Uh, it's NSA. They keep fucking dropping our calls. They think it's funny. I, I, they bust. I don't find it that humorous. Fix that shit. No, fuckers. we don't. No. But they know it. They know we don't find it funny. So that's why it's funny to them. Uh, but, uh, this, Week on Monday, I've never been more proud to be a podcaster. Um, yep. and you know, I don't care what your political leanings are. It, it really doesn't matter. Uh, nope. the president of the United could States anyone. could have been any president. The president of the United States went on the, uh, what the fuck podcast with Mark Marin. And that adds a level of credibility to this form of media that I don't remember it ever having before. That is the most powerful man in the free world, as we like to call him. Sorry, foreign people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we, we trust me. We we have we know we have our heads up our ass. Don't don't worry about that. But the quote unquote most powerful man in the quote unquote free world. In the quote unquote free world, <laughs> going on a podcast to just shoot the shit. And dude, it was an excellent podcast. I listened to it and I was blown away by how good it was. It wasn't like a political thing. It was more getting into the life of the guy. And it, it was so good that it didn't turn political. You listen because he could have chose. Yeah, I did. It he could have chose to go on any political cast. And honestly, if he would have went on a political cast, I think it would have been horrible. So do I. I mean, I thought it was an excellent thing to listen to. And it really, as a podcaster, made me proud. It, it gave me a sense of, you know what? What I'm doing is legit. Mm-hmm. You know, for all the people that it go, isn't what's a podcast? Time. You know, because I get that all the time. What's a podcast? You know, a blog, but recorded talk. I'm like, look, it's a radio, but it goes, it's a radio show that goes over the computer. Well, what station? Shut up. <laughs> you know, it's a recorded radio show. Yeah. So it's like, for all that that I get, when somebody like the president of the United States, happens to go on to one of these it, it just it ends a le- it lends an, a level of credibility to the forum that i mean uh, thank you mark Marin, thank you president uh for doing that and you know really more people are going to find out about podcasts now than than knew mm-hmm. them before and, or at least uh, be more educated on them right at least have an, uh, a rough idea of what the fuck a podcast is so uh, i mean that that's really cool uh, i recommend that anybody out there listens to that one People, you know, I don't pump other podcasts, but like uh, that, that was a monumental moment in, you know, yeah. the history of podcasting. And that's fucking awesome. Um, but that's that. Uh, you, I'm sure you got shout outs. I mean, you was down in Charlotte. Yeah, I was down in Charlotte. So first shout outs to you and Babs. Got to meet Babs down there. Wonderful lady. Um, oh, she's, she's fucking just great. Met Chewy down there. Shout out to Chewy. Um, Three questions. I regret my my uh, choice for one of his questions. Dude, everybody does when they walk away. Don't feel bad. <laughs> it was the two-drop one, and I know exactly what my favorite two-drop is. It's just I was put on the spot, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm playing a deck that has two drops in it. I'll pick one of those. Yeah. Yeah, everyone everyone just goes, yep. fuck. But uh, 
Shout out to him. I saw Celso down there. Didn't really have the time to talk to him because I was in the main event when he wasn't when I'd see him. Mm-hmm. So shout out to him because the news down there saw you, stalked you a little bit. Was afraid um, to come up and say hello. <laughs> um, shout out to my brother Kyle. Uh, we had a fun time down there. Him and I shared a room and then shout out to, uh, Chris Sensen, uh, and Michael Plazic. They were two of our other friends down there. And then also shout out to, uh, Robbie Rankin. He was, uh, one of my friends from the LGS who was round one coverage on the feature match. And then, fuck, I always mess up this last guy's name. It starts with an S and I can't remember it. But shout out to him. Uh, he Shit. was also down there. Dude was an he S. Ended up, he ended up losing to, uh, Mono Green that had Scoot Mob, Omnath, Lotus Cobra. Oh my god. He was playing, he was on Grixis Twin and lost 2-0. Oh my. His, uh, the green deck was splashing red with a one of Rootbound Crag. I'm guessing he just walked around with his, just shaking his head. <laughs> we the keep busting about it. How did that happen? Like what? <laughs> he, he he just never drew a. He said he got stuck on three lands both games. So yeah, that that that'll you'll lose if that happens. Yep. yep. Especially against big green things like Omnath that just yeah. keeps getting bigger. Yep. But uh, shout out to those guys. Um, that's all for shout outs for now. Uh, shout out to Will. Uh. I'm not sure if we should be the ones that say this, but uh, he is back for now. For now. I was going to bring this up. Eh, bills and stuff. Yeah, he was going to be on tonight, and uh, something happened about 6 o'clock, and he sends me a text message going, uh, dude, so um, last second, going to have to pull out. Uh, I expect him to be back to do at least an episode with us probably next week. Yep. So, I mean, for those who are wondering how Will's trip has been, um, actually at one time on my drive home, he was an hour away from me and like, and you should have stopped. I tried, I was going to, and like, even you he said, you should have stopped like, and took him down to Charlotte with us and then took him back. Well, I didn't know where he was at on the way down on the way back. I stopped at a rest spot and saw that he made a Facebook post and I'm like, mm. Oh fuck. He's only an hour away from me. Like I know exactly where he's at. So, you know, it was right as we was coming into Virginia. And I'm like, I should get a hold of him and let him know that, you know, I'm just this far away. So, you know, I, I quickly sent him a Facebook message back and it was like an hour before he got to look at his phone again. And at that uh, point, I was long gone, you know, I was like, yeah, yep. fuck, I'm, <laughs> I'm gone. You went like 10 minutes, but pretty much. But, you know, yeah, it was like it, there was a chance there we could have hooked up. It, it just, you know, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, those are my shout outs. Uh, Angelo, you got shout outs? Oh, I have shout-outs. Um, I don't know if I brought this one up the last time we recorded. I, I honestly don't remember. Uh, but Daniel Clay Hall. No, you did not. Um, he sent me a birthday present, and this dude is awesome. Um, it was a little late as far as birthday present goes, but dude, I don't give a flying fuck. Like, he was, I, he was gonna send me some storm breaths. Oh wait, yeah, no, you didn't bring it up on the podcast, cause you got that before you went down to Charlotte. Yeah, okay. So, uh, he was gonna send me some storm breaths. So I could use them in Charlotte. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I was going to send them back as soon as I got back. So I open this mm-hmm. thing up and it's like, dude, just keep them. 
they're yours. And I'm like, are you, are you sure? You know, there's a letter in there and I'm like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. Did the letter respond? No, no, no. Cause I got on him. I got Aww. on Twitter and immediately, like, are you sure? <laughs> He's like, yeah, absolutely. He goes, and he tells me, you know, pull them out of the sleeves and, you know, look at them, make sure they're cool. And I'm like, all right, fine. You know, which you know, obviously I was going to do that cause I got to switch them to my sleeves anyway, but I'm like, all right, yep. whatever. So I go ahead and I start fucking, you know, undoing these things. And I have to send him a message back again. I'm like, are you 100% completely fucking sure? And he's like, ah, you found it. Go ahead and keep it, man. It's for you. And I'm like, this is fucking nuts. So what was it? Judge Promo, Sword of Feast and Famine. Oh. (laughs) I was like, oh, that is fucking awesome. (laughs) So... Daniel, thank you. Um, I can't thank you enough for that. Big shout out goes to you. Uh, I mean, you made my day. Good dick, sir. Yeah, I mean, like you're you're in the you're you're one of the one percenters as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and I am not even one of those one percenters. He is not, but you absolutely are. <laughs> like if you I'm working a, on it. If you're around here and you need a favor, like I got your back. Um, <laughs> whether it's a place to find a good hooker that's clean or a place to find a good beer, he got you. I got you. Uh, so, uh, other shout outs. Um, I got to meet Adam Keener down there, uh, from the Facebook group. Uh, I kind of scared him. <laughs> I like walked up behind him and then just stood there, just hovering over him the whole game. And like, he wouldn't look back to see who it was. But like you could tell he knew that there was somebody just hovering <laughs> over him. And I'm just like standing there. No, he lost. I'm standing there just kind of mean mugging him the whole time. Did you see him misplay because of your presence? No, he did not. Okay. Um, the, the, he won one of the games and he lost two of them. And the two that he lost, like he had no shot in him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. At least your presence didn't make him punt the whole game away. No, the dude went off on this crazy combo and he was just like, and I'm like, uh, just show me again so I can see how this works. And he does it again for him. He's like, this, oh, this, this. And Revelark pulls this back with these and then this Revelark dies and then it comes back and it brings all these back and you're dead. And he was like, okay. <laughs> so and then he turns around finally and looks he's like oh <laughs> I'm like hi uh, so you know it's good to meet him um, he's been a part of the group since damn near the beginning uh, so it was good to meet him he actually helps me when I want a different color shirt he switches up the uh, the colors for me on the print so when I put it oh, on the shirt it's not a patch so like, I mean, that was, he's just one of those dudes. He's been a big help to the posse and just an overall good dude. And I was very glad to meet him. Uh, also anybody else that I met in Charlotte that, you know, was a listener or what have you, uh, you absolutely get one. I, I probably, it's been two weeks. I'm sorry. I forgot your names or I remember, or I don't remember that I met you because I was fucking tired. Um, I also do need to give a shout out directly to, uh, Chewy and Clues. Uh, Jack and Tiff. Uh, it was, I finally got to meet Jack and Tiff in person. Um, like I've known Jack forever. That's Jack LaCroix. Um, 
uh, I've known him forever, but it's always, you know, like we've done podcasts together and everything else, but we've never actually been in the same building with each other. And I finally got to do that and hang out with him for a little bit. He kept trying to get me to play EDH, and I'm like, dude, I don't fucking play EDH. (laughs) (laughs) Barely play standard. He's like, come on, man, play some EDH. I'm like, why? I was like, it's horrendous. I'll just sit here and eat this bacon and watch you play. How about that? And then, like, he plays Memory Jar, and I'm like, that's why I'm not playing EDH. Where's the Necro? (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere in there. He's like, oh, there's no Megram in here. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fair. (laughs) Like, if you're going to run the Necro and the Memory Jar, you might as well just run the fucking Megram. So, but no, it was good to meet Jack and his significant other, Tiff. Uh, I also got to meet uh, Zakai Aliki. Which I'm really hoping I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, <laughs> he's actually kind of a local boy, but he moved away for college and has never come back. Uh, no. So, but he is coming back for GP Pittsburgh. You know, he's gonna Sweet. he's gonna turn it into like a two week visit because he's gonna go visit his family and just you know stay mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving and whatnot. And then the next week for the GP. No, the GP first, and then Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's going to do the GP, and then he's just going to stay through Thanksgiving. So, you know, when he comes back up, it'll be good to hang out with him. I'm sure we'll actually hang out on days that isn't involved with the GP and shit. Uh, and I definitely have to give a shout-out to Renee um, for being willing to do this with me later in the week uh, with his Imps Prison and for bringing that delicious bacon cracker. Like, she brings this cracker. It's bacon wrapped in cracker? bacon. Dude, yeah, it's, it's it's a cracker. It's wrapped in bacon. There's, like, brown sugar on it. And it was amazing. And then she had, like, chocolate-covered bacon that she made. And, again, that was amazing. So, you know, huge shout-outs to her for that. And, uh yeah, I mean, that, that's the shout-outs. Uh, contact info. How would people get a hold of you, man? First, let me sulk about not having that bacon, but... Yeah, well, you wanted to walk around <laughs> instead of hang out with me. <laughs> I was playing for first five rounds. Ah, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you can find me on the uh, Pittance Facebook page. Uh, if you're not on it, just in the search bar on Facebook, search Pittance Podcast, and then join our group. We'll be more than happy to add you as long as you're not a troll page, and we can tell that. If you have, like, eight friends two photos that were just added that day and all of it have only been on there since, you know, two hours. Yeah, and if I can't pronounce any of the names of your friends and you've been on there <laughs> for less than a month and for some reason it looks like a professional photo, like, I'm not adding you. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, also find me on Twitter at Huntmaster underscore Mike. Um, I'm not as active as I want to be, but he needs more followers. At the same time. I, I do. I do. I Most of the time recently, most of my posts have been about, like, Smite or Jurassic World previously. But, uh, yeah, uh, I don't really post much. But when I do, it's, like, retweets of things I find that's hilarious. Or that's fine. retweets for other things. Um, but, yeah. And then my Facebook personal page, I don't know what the URL is, but Wills is uh, facebook.com slash bad dinner. While he's back, make sure you hit him up. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I forgot one of my stories for the week. Oh. Uh, I, I found out today that I'm a horrible person. Okay. Well, it was confirmed while. today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before I give shout outs, uh, or not shout outs, my contact info, I do want to get this story out there. So, I walk into the local hot dog shop. 
Which one? Uh, it's called the Brighton Hot Dog Shop, and it's in a city. No, no, Beaver. No, it's in Be- the Beaver one. Okay, that's what I meant. Well, the thing is, there's people out there who don't know where what any of these things are, man. I, I know, but that's one I I asked which specific one for my sake. So I'm out there, and you know, I go into this hot dog shop for lunch, and you know, the cashier, you know, I look at her as I walk in, and I just start chuckling to myself. Because this girl was this your uh, Twitter post earlier? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was really like one of the preppy kids when I was going to school, and like she would like stick her nose up at anybody else because you know she her family had money, and you know she wasn't she was too good for us. Um, and like I'm just looking and I just started chuckling because like all that you know she was too good for us was running through my head while I'm watching her fucking work in a hot dog shop and make minimum wage. And, like, I shouldn't have gotten as much enjoyment out of it as I did. And that's Oh, you're loud. Th- that's why I think it's confirmed that I'm a horrible person. Because, you know, look, it's been – fuck, I've been out of school now 15 years at least. Andrew, let's be fair. You were probably confirmed to be a horrible person long ago. You just forgot. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> so – you know, like, and, but she could have changed. I don't know. You know, living the hard life changes people. And when yeah. you're working on minimum wage, I mean, and, and then again, for all I know, she probably is doing that for fun. And like her just husband, to keep herself occupied. Yeah, her husband makes fucking 600 grand a year. I, I don't know. And she but, just wants something so she's not at home. Right. But as far as I was concerned, I saw the preppy girl working the shittiest job on the planet and it made me smile. <laughs> um, so. Just is what it is. But if you want to get, Did she recognize you. Yes, but she wouldn't acknowledge. She wouldn't it. say anything. <laughs> like she's like name. I'm like Angelo, <laughs> and she kind of like looks at cross out. Angelo like, Palucci, <laughs> class of blank from blank. <laughs> uh, duh, 1999, dude. Who was the class of 1999? 16 years. 2000, zero, zero. Party's over. Whoops, out of time. Oh no, Y2K. No, world's gonna end. Clocks are all gonna, computers are all setting to zero. Dude, I don't care who you was. Like, that was the theme of your prom if you uh, graduated in 99. When I did. Everybody did. I was six. Every place across the world, you played that fucking Prince song. It was ridiculous. Uh, I was six. But if you wanted to get a hold of me, you get a hold of me at Gongsuo on Twitter. I'm on there rambling about everything. How is it spelled? Uh, G-A-N-K-S-U-O-U. I was waiting for people to come back to really put it out there. <laughs> uh, you can find the same thing online. Um, I've been on there sparingly recently. Um, I, I have fallen into that format lull that I get into, usually, you know. Where I'm in that, too. Other people, like, I'm really good at the beginning and I'm really good right at the end, but in the middle, people make the, they make the turn before I do. Like, I'm really good at card evaluation, so early on, I'm great. And I, you know, I, I just crush drafts. And then, in the middle-ish area for online, I'm like, I start losing games that I probably shouldn't lose because I have no clue. It just kind of happens. They adapt, you know, and I don't yet. And then towards the end, I get back to where I'm on top again. But I've hit that lull area, and meh, whatever. Um, but you can find me there at Gongsuo as well. I also there's also a Pitips clan. If I, if I'm on there, send me a message. I'll put you right in. You can also find. Do you get any new people lately? Uh, I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> you find me at pittentpodcast at gmail.com if you have something a little long form you want to send me. Um, I'm also active on the Facebook group. Like, you know, look, post stuff, I talk to you. It's same thing with on Twitter. You, you hit me up, I talk to you. So I, I respond to everything pretty much on Twitter, you know. Yep. I'm pretty good about that. So yeah, go ahead, do that. Next week we have two GPs, I believe one of them, and I don't, my show notes aren't working right now, so I have no clue. I know I I got one of them is in Buenos Aires. One in Buenos Aires as standard and one in Singapore, which is modern. Ha ha. So we're going to go over that next week and, um, try to get Will on. Yeah, Will one. should possibly be on and I'm going to try and get Frank on to do the mechanics thing. If the full spoiler is out, we will do the foot and mouth episode. If not, it'll be the fall. Hey, I won that one last time. Y- you did. Uh, okay. And then, you know, it, it'll be what it is when it is what it is. Cause that's like called what? Den Protector for standard and then I think company Bill for won. modern. I think Will, Will had Deathmiss Raptor. He named Raptor. I, I said Dragon Lord. So I we said, all did really good for standard. Yeah, I said, yeah, but I won modern, hands down. You said anticipate, I believe. I said anticipate for a draft. Oh, uh, that's right. You said, like, basic island or something. Yeah. Um, I think for modern, I, I might have said something stupid, like island. <laughs> yeah, you did say island. <laughs> Which, hey, islands are being played, man. Merfolk's on top. So. <laughs> yeah, hey, Lucky Company's been doing real good there, though. Yeah, it has been. Um, Elves, Merfolk, and Obzon Company. Look, I, I don't I, – modern's modern, dude. Like, I understand it. I get the format. I just don't like it very much. Do you like Legacy? Love Legacy. Do you like the price tag of Legacy? Yeah, I don't mind it. Modern Modern is the cheaper man's Legacy, essentially. Slightly. Well, depends if you build Jund or not. <laughs> Dude, you go build Jund, you might as well build any Legacy deck on the planet. Hey, I'm going to build Jund right now. And Jund Modern is no different than Jund Legacy, except for instead of Shock Lands, you have Dual Lands. That's it. <laughs> for the money that you spend <laughs> on that Jund deck, you could build Death and Taxes. You could build fucking... There's so many Legacy decks you could build. Like, Charbelcher's only like a few hundred bucks. Yeah, I don't have... Charbelcher doesn't seem fun for me unless it's vintage. <laughs> Mono Blue Belcher. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Belcher's not as fun in Legacy. Um, but, no, because you have Force of Okay, Scoop. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's also the big bonus. I mean, when people say that it's the poor man's Legacy, it's not because it doesn't have the combo stop spell. Yep. And, I kind of want to build either, uh, Charless Bug or Goblins, but Wastelands and Rishan Imports are still $70. Yeah, well, they're not going to go down, dude. You just got to nope. buy in. I mean, it's just, if, if you want to get in, yeah. buy in. It's no way around it. Um, But hey, until next week. Hey, it's cost for nothing. You didn't get that last week, but it is always cost for nothing. You didn't get this either last week. Have a good one. Go fuck yourself.